tell us a little bit about what you saw and, and, and being able to relay that message to Cora when you watched Kimbrel pitch and, and kind of help out so he wasn't uh, tipping his pitches. So tipping pitches, we hear about it all the time. People at home understand what tipping pitches is all about. It's amazing, man. Yeah, that's remarkable. Can you play that video again? The pod's starting. Play my tune. Play my favorite song. The Las Vegas A's. You like the sound of that, right, Vegas? Yeah? Yes? Are, are we alive back there, Las Vegas? How are you feeling? <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> Do you think... There... Why'd she kind of have, like, the Kamala laugh there at the end? <laughs> we did it, John. <laughs> Who who is that woman? She didn't get paid enough for this. No, she didn't. <laughs> Cause she was that is the definition. So in the podcasting world, we have a term called vamping. You know, when you have to fill air space while someone Googles something or while someone tries to, you know, formulate a thought in response to your question. Podcast logic says there can be no dead air, or people will look down at their phone and think that it shut off or paused itself. And she clearly had to vamp because there was two guys there. There was a lot of dead air. Do you think that there were... Play, play the video again. Because I think I hear, hear actually two distinct voices. There are so few cheers that I can hear two different guys go, Woo! The Las Vegas A's. We like the sound of that, right, Vegas? Yeah? Yes? Are, are we alive? There's two different yep. guys, mm-hmm. right? There's like one guy who's like, yeah. And then there's another guy who's like, woo! One of them is Dave Cavill. <laughs> he's like, he, and the other one's like Ross Stripling. Hand, he's putting his hand over his mouth. He's like, "Woo! Oh, who said that? Oh, yeah." <laughs> the third guy is Alex Wood, but he just clapped. He didn't yell. <laughs> I don't know why I get Alex Wood and Ross Stripling like confused in my head sometimes. I really don't know why it is. One of them is lefty and one of them is righty. Yep. And well, one you of have them, them one both of a stock market genius. Now that Ross Stripling is on the A's, think about his portfolio. I mean, he's got VC money left and right mm-hmm. all around him. Yeah. Now he, he's in the heart of venture capital. Frankly, they should keep the A's in Oakland just because of what it's going to do to Ross Stripling's portfolio to have to move to Vegas. Mm-hmm. The casinos are already conglomerates. You can't break into that market. Yeah. You don't stand a chance. Well, it's going to start a new casino now? <laughs> Come on. What is this? The 1950s? <laughs> what a time to be alive. I want to hear the video one more time. All right. We'll run it back. <laughs> Third time's a charm. The Las Vegas A's. You like the sound of that, right, Vegas? I, I really what appreciate- does she go on to say? I don't. The I don't Vegas know. sports the, economy. Uh, yeah, like, well, that's like, not a well, thing. Not- <laughs> I'm sitting there as a Las Vegas resident, being like, I really hope the sports economy is thriving <laughs> this year. That's something that impacts me on a day to day basis. <laughs> I have to show up to school board meetings with a pitchfork to get them to teach my kid algebra. <laughs> However, <laughs> the fucking A's got their money and they're building a thirty thousand seat stadium. <laughs> Oh, it's so great. Dude, the Super Bowl is in Las Vegas this year. We haven't really talked about that. We could have gone. Yeah. We should we should have spent 
some tipping pitches capital. We we knew that the NFL was going to fix it to get Taylor Swift there. We mm-hmm. knew that that was going to happen. And we should have content calendared our way to it. And we should have gone. And we screwed up. So I'm here to apologize. Just like last week, I apologized for not doing the episode that we're doing today. Last week when it was really slow and we did a bad episode. <laughs> <laughs> I'm here for That's account- radical account- transparency exactly. right there. Accountability 2024. This episode is going to be a hit. This mm-hmm. episode's going to be a banger. Send it to your, if you're listening, send it to your friends right now. This is the moment. Send it to people because we're go- today we are going through the Forbes real-time billionaires list. I think we settled on doing the top 100 as well as some honorable mentions that Alex has from the 300s. You know how to, you got to be a hipster with the billionaires. You can't just choose the top 100. Like you can't just play, you can't do top 40 radio. You have to do some deeper dives yeah. through the stacks at the record store of the Forbes real-time billionaires list. And we are going to find someone to purchase with United States dollars. Or Bitcoin, depending on the industry. Or stock? Can you do stock acquisitions of baseball teams? <laughs> Maybe for the Atlanta Braves? <laughs> uh, we're going to find someone to purchase the A's mm-hmm. instead of John Fisher. Someone who is going to ride in on their high horse, who's going to swoop in and save the A's. There's just one person out there who can do it, and we are going to land on that person today. Of course, we are also going to talk about the Orioles being... The, the real sale that happened? <laughs> we'll spend a couple minutes talking about that. Um, but before we do, I am Bobby Wagner. I'm Alex Baisley. And you are listening to the Forbes Business Radio Hour. All right, thank you to this week's new patrons. Jacob Jackson, Ryan, Lucia, Lucia, depends on what romance language conventions you're following. I don't know how you pronounce your name, but I said it both ways. Thank you. And also Gabe. Um, speaking of patrons, if you are a top tier patron, you know, you're finally going to receive that holiday card from us, at hopefully this week. <laughs> I put mine in the mail. You did. I stamped them. They are in a USPS truck somewhere right now, I believe. Shout out to my homies, USPS. Okay? They're out there. They're in the world. They're circulating. Uh, did, did you do that? Uh, no, because you, you have the stamps that I'm going <laughs> to use for that. Uh, but they will, they will be out shortly. Dude, stamps are kind of, kind of expensive. However, however, I'm not going to do like a, have you seen what a gallon of milk costs in Joe Biden's America thing? The USPS is a fucking miracle still to this day even more so than ever the fact that you can just put a stamp on a piece of paper and just stick it in a box on the corner and it gets to where you need to go one of the greatest things still functioning society crazy good invention it's so good it's so good it is one of the last things that works um i asked you before we started recording why is everything 10 percent worse nowadays like my phone works 10 percent worse my computer the battery lasts 10 percent less but you know USPS still batting still a thousand. Strong. Maybe not batting a thousand, yeah. but like they're batting like seven. They're in the hall. <laughs> they're in the hall. Um, uh, the Orioles, they were sold to your friend and mine, founding member of the Carlisle Group, David Rubenstein. Where did he rank on your real time billionaires list? <laughs> Number 788. I didn't even know they made the list that long. <laughs> 
co-founder and co-executive chairman of the Carlyle Group, David Rubenstein, $3.8 billion net worth. He has acquired the Orioles from the Angelos family. Or at least part of the Orioles for now. Yes, 40% for now. And then he has an option that he can exercise like a player option. <laughs> In a couple of years, right? But well, no, no, uh, well, not just in a couple of years. Specifically, when <laughs> when one family patriarch passes on, yeah, that's true. Um, he, but notably, he is now the control person. Even yeah. though he only owns forty percent of the team, they have appointed him the control person as conditional as part of the sale. One point seven five billion was the value that he acquired this stake of the Orioles at. Not one point seven five billion for the forty percent. That is what the Orioles were valued at in this acquisition that's not a lot that's that's a pretty good deal i don't know much about these things but i feel like that's a little light Mm -hmm. i wonder what rob thinks about that since his entire job performance is based on um is judged on his ability to continue this racket of team values going up so that guys can buy in and sell at any point and make you know a chunk of change yeah upwards of a billion (laughs) dollars Um, I, I guess I, I was kind of surprised by this. A couple people being like, emergency pod win. Uh, I don't think that we could pull off an Orioles emergency sale pod because we don't know enough about the sale <laughs> or what he's going to do. But I would not have chosen the Orioles as the team that was most likely to sell. Even though there were rumors and there was sort of the whole situation with them trying to get the public funding to um, make necessary improvements to Camden Yards, as well as threatening to move the team a couple times. And, um, there were whispers around sort of that, like the John Angelos didn't, was not in it for the long haul because of some of these underlying issues and red flags, but he had also sort of fashioned himself a little pulpit up there to, to talk about stuff and use the Orioles as his, loudspeaker for his views on Baltimore and as a you know as a small small business owner that he is in the little old city of Baltimore just just you know holding down the Orioles and so I I am a little bit surprised that he's choosing to step out of the spotlight are you surprised by this sale I don't know about surprised I mean as you mentioned a couple months ago we had rumblings that this exact thing was going to happen yeah um like like the sale to this exact person was going to happen, and it scuttled. Is that, is that when we started talking about the Carlisle Group? And that we, is when we started talking. Yeah, okay. Be, because See, we these have, tangents on this pod. I don't know if it know. actually started anywhere, or if we just invented it out of thin. Right. If we just start, went down a Wikipedia rabbit hole, I did read uh, the better part of the NYU Board of Trustees on last uh-huh. week's podcast <laughs> or two weeks ago. I That's don't true. know why. <laughs> um, she has won a Grammy. <laughs> Chandrika Tandon, Grammy Award winning artist. Yeah. And, Why? After, and after listening. Why? Yeah, she kind of rips it. She kind of rips it. I get it. Outro music? Yeah. Um, and, you know, it caused a whole dust up because it, you know, temporarily scuttled the lease negotiations because, you know, uh, Baltimore officials and, and Maryland officials felt sort of blindsided. They said, wait a second, you're negotiating this lease to stay in the city. And you're turning around to sell the team, and Jenna Angelo said, "No, absolutely not. I am. I. I promise you. You have. You know, hand on my heart. I am not selling this baseball team. Fingers crossed behind his back. Fingers though. crossed behind his back. They didn't ask. He owns. They didn't ask. They didn't say, them. show me your other hand.' Exactly.
Wow, good old fashioned laptop ding. That's right. I haven't had one of those in a pod oh, recording in a while. I'm thinking of not editing this episode at all. What do you think about that? I think that's great. Okay. That's more incentive for us to, to power through. It has given me a lot of anxiety to have to press publish on our watch along pods where I can't really edit them. Mm-hmm. It freaks me out. <laughs> I don't like it. Um, I I feel like we had a sense that maybe a sale was coming. I feel like we've kind of heard rumblings about this for the last year or two that the kids may be interested in selling um that that Peter Angelos at the very least was like don't do anything until I'm out of here because otherwise you're going to be charged up the ass in capital gains tax which again speaks to the clever structuring of this deal where they don't get full control where they the team is not actually technically fully sold until John and uh, until Peter Angelos is out of the picture. I don't think I put that together. Incredible accounting there. Yeah. Um, Mark Normandon over on his blog has a great sort of breakdown about how they, they've cleverly avoided hundreds of millions of dollars in taxes. By the way, I got to say you, me and Mark Normandon are doing a fine little dance in terms of media creation. It's mm-hmm. like, we sometimes have a segment and then Mark writes about the same thing like the next day and more often because he writes his newsletters so much more regularly than we publish podcast episodes. Like the four topics that we talk about in an episode are the four main topics of his newsletter from the week before. So we're all just kind of circling each other. We're all circling the wagons doing the same stuff. But Mark's newsletter, if you don't, if you're not subscribed to it, is phenomenal. And and if you like this podcast, it's also incredibly digestible, easy read. He like explains tough concepts in the span of an email and I'm like, Oh, I actually understand this now. Yeah. So um, that's just a plus one for Mark and his work. Shouts if you don't on. already subscribe to that. I guess the question is like, now what? Right. There were, there were, I I think now they fucking traded for Corbin Burns. Yeah. Well, yeah, <laughs> I, it feels like there have been really it's divided. Funny I asked you if there's anything else that we need to talk about other than the sale. And you were like, no, I don't think so. And I just remember just now that they traded for a Cy Young winning pitcher. Yeah. And that that's so far in the back burner in terms of the content priorities of this show. I'm like, show. okay, whatever. There was a trade. Okay. <laughs> Orioles fleece, by the way. They, like, they got fleeced? or No, they, they fleeced. Oh, okay. Yes. Gordon Burns. Brewers. What are the you Brewers get... doing? It's almost like they lost their GM. <laughs> Where, where'd he go? It's almost like their GM's going to bring one home for the fucking diehards. <laughs> Uh, I, I met so many Mets fans last night. So many Mets fans <laughs> after the Rewatchables live show. Just, we are out here. We are fucking pounding the pavement of New York City. <laughs> Doing the work. You know? Proselytizing for David Stearns. We're out here. Uh-huh. Just so you know. it's <laughs> We're back 2024. Mm-hmm. That's right. This I'm going to power through. You can keep doing your thing. That's okay. okay. A Grammy. She won a Grammy. She won a Grammy. <laughs> she won a Grammy. <laughs> You know who's not won a Grammy? Fucking Beyonce or whatever. I think she has won like 30 Grammys. I feel like she's just been snubbed so many times. I don't know. (laughs) Right. Chandrika and Macklemore. (laughs) In the the logic of this show, Beyonce has zero Grammys and Chandrika Tandon has like 25. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Rubenstein. Rubenstein? No idea. Okay. Rubes. D-Rubes. Yeah. Uh... Like, does he immediately become the sort of most high-profile owner? Like, he, like, this is a guy who, like... No. Uh, okay, maybe Put some not, respect maybe on Steve Ab- Cohen's name. Put some respect on his name. 
I, but like, how? What? What is he? Sure, he's a hedge fund guy, but like, David is like friends with George Bush and like the Clintons, and like, I don't know if he, he you know, he like. Oh, you he, mean like in the wider world? I just mean like in the broader. Sure, I, I, no one, no baseball fan is going to be like, oh, David, he what? Oh, from the top rope. <laughs> You say no baseball fan, but like, well, I, there's probably most a of lot Orioles of guys, Twitter, I guess. <laughs> a lot of guys out there that are probably like this excellent, excellent financial move by D. Rubes. Yeah. You know, like what a wise use of his capital. No, but he feels like the person who is like, like has the most, like wields the most power outside of the baseball world. Oh my god, the Carlisle Group handles like ten trillion dollars in yeah. assets. Yeah, it's crazy. I don't so. Y- have you did you do any reading about him and sort of his like you know he's like calls himself a patriotic philanthropist so he like no. he owns tell a copy me everything of, he owns a copy of the Magna Carta like an original you know from like the 13th century or whatever when you say a copy of the Magna Carta mm-hmm. so like the Magna Carta that's a document yeah that is like owned by a government well <laughs> and. <laughs> David Rubenstein. No, no, no. He cannot own the original Magna Carta. No. But- so, so like, wait. So when they had the Magna Carta, right? There was like a couple other guys in the room who were writing copies. Well, I mean, he- yes, literally, they would make these certified copies that would be distributed. You know, and there were like iterations of it that kind of happened over the course of the you know twelve hundreds or whatever. Um, he used to be the chair of the board of trustees of Duke University. That feels like a little bit low, low for his priority list. Yeah. Sure. I don't know. He's this is a guy who's doing like every. Yeah. He's on like twelve different boards. No, I know. Mainly, what I knew him as was like the so the Carlisle Group, the private equity money. They're doing some interesting stuff, mm-hmm. you know, which we may or may not have talked about, and definitely did not take a stance on the last time the Carlisle Group came up on no. this podcast. No, just you know, some unfortunate coincidences on the day of mass tragedy. Days of mass tragedy. Um. I kind of knew him mostly as like the Kennedy Center for the Performing Arts guy. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, you know, this guy loves fucking music, <laughs> art, cool. <laughs> That's why they spend like four billion dollars doing shit like this. It's so that the like the plebes like you and me can be like, I like music too. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> we're such suckers. Uh, such suckers. Such suckers. But like, so he's donated hundreds of millions of dollars. Spent hundreds of millions of dollars. He he owns a copy of. <laughs> I, I really he owns blew a copy of the, the Emancipation Proclamation and dude. like and what he does is he buys all these things and then goes to the National Archives or the or whatever and says, You can display this. I bought this copy of it. I I want to be a patron of our nation's rich history. So so here, you can put it on display, this copy of the Declaration of Independence or whatever. Right. And it's just like rich people just like collecting this shit. And then Saying, yeah, you can put it in the David Rubenstein room. How much more legit does a copy of the Declaration of Independence need to be than the one that Nick Cage buys in National Treasure and replaces the real Declaration of Independence with? Hmm. For it to be like notable on David Rubenstein's Wikipedia page. (laughs) It's like there's a billion copies of the Declaration of Independence. I, I dare to say that in this room that we're in right now there might be written words of the declaration of independence in one of these books that i'm looking probably, at probably yeah so this is like the leftist critique of the declaration of independence or some bullshit but like <laughs> so it, it does, does it have to just come from the time period i'm still hung up on the magna carta thing like how does he have a copy of the magna carta right i mean i think these are these are literal <laughs> 
they lay there was not just one cut they didn't just write it down and then they were like okay don't lose it (laughs) you couldn't take a picture of it like send it (laughs) right to other foreign (laughs) stick like and again it was what's your take on the magna carta like do you know what's in it no i don't super know it that well but it's essentially like the the beginning of liberalism right right they were like here are some things that we believe that everybody should have Mm -hmm. first document to put into writing the principle that the king and his government was not above the law that's cool right i mean that's a good idea they figured that out in 1215 and they still had kings for like 600 years after that they said he's not above the law he he still gets to be around What's the Magna Carta? He's just going to watch his back a little more. The Magna Carta is like the first CBA Mm -hmm. that we got. Yes. Not perfect. You know, we're still working on it. Laid the groundwork. Right, exactly. It was very foundational. And it feels like 600 years later, we're still trying to figure some shit out. Yeah, exactly. There goes some audio equipment falling. It's staying in. (laughs) What year was his copy of the Magna Carta made? Was it also written in 1215? It It came out like 20 years later. So it's same twelve thirty five edition. No, yeah, I'm not even kidding, bro. You can look this up. I actually have a lot, a lot of questions. <laughs> We're gonna get David on the pod, so he's yes, he's here. He, he just arrived. He was oh. twenty minutes late. No, he's here now. <laughs> Stevie's okay with him walking into the room. It's fine. <laughs> Magna Carta. <laughs> Thank you for sharing that with me. That put me in the right headspace, I think, to talk about his acquisition of the Baltimore Orioles. I am glad. Well, again, because like the reason I bring all this stuff up. Is because this is like what rich people like to do, right? It's just like collect things. You get to be like, hey, honey, like I added the 13, you know, a signed copy of the 13th Amendment to my collection today. <laughs> signed copy. Bro, he has a, a yeah, a, I don't know, emancipation. Who is it signed by? Abe? Abe. I mean, he had to sign it, right? Be like, uh, yeah. Well, I the Emancipation it. Proclamation is different than the 13th Amendment. Yes. Those are different things. He, he has, has both. He has both. He's committed to the game. He is committed to he's the like, game. He's like, he's really like, slavery ending was good. Yeah. I'm going to buy the things that ended slavery to show you how much I appreciate that. Mm-hmm. What, I actually what are you think- doing if a dude like this walks up to you at the bar? <laughs> the dude that looks like this. He's like, I like your vibe. <laughs> he... <laughs> He's scary. He is. He's really scary. He, but if you so he ha, he has this like video series with Bloomberg where he like he's been doing it for like him and Arod. Yeah, honestly, whatever happened, we got to dive back into that. Um, but he's got this video series where he just like interviews like you know movers and shakers, like basically the elite of the elite. Right? I love so when you say that phrase. You just called us movers and shakers the other day, and then we are and like now a, yeah, like a drinks event or something like at a podcast festival. And you're like, oh, I guess we're movers and shakers now. We yeah, are, but, what, what, like three steps from Rubenstein level? We're up there. Yeah. How many degrees, here's a question. How many degrees removed from David Rubenstein are we? How many people would we have to say, I know this person who knows this person who knows this person who knows David Rubenstein? And what path would you take? I, I literally don't even know where to begin. Seems like we got to go through Bill Simmons, honestly. <laughs> probably, yeah. Or actually, if we're being honest, probably some kid we met at NYU, mm, like a hedge fund person, right? Like the kid, like the kid, the kid who t- <laughs> who ditched your in your interview, who was going to be featured. Oh. He was like this boy genius or whatever. I don't remember his name. I don't either. He's they've probably met. No, because he feels like the you know the new wave. You know, he was like trading via algorithm, and David Rubenstein wouldn't like that because then you couldn't right 
override that algorithm and favor. He's the like, big you've fish. taken the heart out of venture capital, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we gotta, you know, we gotta bring some respectability back to venture capital, you know, honor, legacy. I I just want to say his Bloomberg show where he interviews presidents and Supreme Court justices and like other sports owners and like the you know the people, yeah, who, basically the ruling class, super dry. I was like, this is going to have some juicy shit in here. Oh my god! You mean I have hours and no. hours of inter- He's like meek. He's like fawning. Oh wow! He's like <laughs> you're doing like the Jordan Peterson read of his <laughs> interviewing style. He doesn't interview like he's an like, alpha male. He's like shy. Vibe. Which is fine. That's a vibe. That's okay. Yeah. Um, His now ex-wife used to hang with Ghislaine Maxwell, so I'm just going to th- toss that one in there. I'm just not going to touch that. Okay. Um, notably, we should actually talk about why he purchased the Orioles, which is that he's from Baltimore, fashions himself to, to still try to be connected to the community like a mm-hmm. lot of rich people do. You know, that humanizes them when they're like, Hello, fellow human. I also, too, am from place. I like thing that happens in place as well. Mm-hmm. And I will, in a very relatable way, purchase the sports team of that said place. Yeah. And try to bring one home for the boys, the girls and gals. Guys and gals. <laughs> the three genders. The boys, <laughs> girls, and gals. <laughs> I just turned into AI for a sec there. <laughs> I feel like I pulled that off. I you feel did. like that, that landed good. the plane. You did. Um, and he, he claims to be a lifelong Orioles fan, mm-hmm. as everybody always does. Do you think he is? Because like Steve Cohen's fucking real. That dude is real. Mm-hmm. If he was sitting in this room right now, he would have thoughts about the Ruben Tejada broken leg. Yeah. He would have thoughts about Benny Agbayani's rookie year. He'd like, be like, he would if be I ready. see Chase Utley in the streets, it's on site. Exactly. Do you, do you buy his shtick, though? And... In a larger sense, for the purposes of this year' baseball podcast, where we talk about the game, and we don't spend a lot of time talking about Duke University and maybe some unsavory connections that owners might have to other people who wield power in this world, do you think you will actually <laughs> spend money to make the Orioles better? And follow-up question to that. Do you think that Mike Elias will want to do that? Like, if David Rubenstein was like, it's time to fucking put it into overdrive, let's bring one home. Would Mike Elias be like, okay, $200 million payroll? Or do you think that they are kind of like, like his philosophy of running a team is like diametrically opposed to an injection of cash overnight? I don't, I don't know that it would be diametrically opposed. I, th- I don't know that there's any GM who would be like, like outside of Billy Bean, maybe who would be like, no, you're giving me a little too much money to play with right now. Yeah. I mean, it's hard to say what his tenure as an owner is going to look like, right? Because again, he is a private equity guy who made his money in snapping up companies and either selling them for parts or flipping them or like a term, making them profit. valuable again yeah. and, and flipping them. Around. Either way. Notably, Bauman wrote an article for Fangraphs basically detailing that exact philosophy and how private equity in sports has like been sort of a, um, a, a somewhat of a hit or miss proposition. Yeah. And I thought that article was really good. We should link to that. We should. Uh, there's a really good article in ProPublica too from a few years ago about how he was like instrumental in basically keeping intact the like elements of the tax code that 
enables this sort of like vulture capitalism, the like carried interest loophole. I'm not even going to try and explain what all this shit means, but like you read it and I'm like, I like you playing dumb. Like you don't, you have to use the carried interest loophole all the time for all of your various assets. No, I didn't want you to say that here. <laughs> we put up a big facade like you don't have David Rubenstein on fucking speed know, dial. Come I on. I appreciate our effort to just say his name both ways throughout this yes, conversation so that it's been not, zero it can't be 100% We didn't even wrong. decide ahead of time. <laughs> didn't even do any research. You know, I would say Rubenstein. Is the NYU dorm named after him? What, Weinstein? Oh, no, it's just Ruben, not Rubenstein. Yes. The dorm. Yeah. I was combining those in my head. We're like, like back to... <laughs> we have thought that maybe NYU, like all of the NYU dorms have been named after some part. We're like, Carlisle. But, but they are. The- <laughs> but they are, you know, like they sneaky are. They, why would they choose these names and spell them this way? <laughs> Carlisle, like as a city name, or like historically speaking, at, derived from a French word, it would be... I-S-L-E at the end, not Y-L-E. Right. Like the Carlisle group. So, <laughs> sorry, I sound like... <laughs> You're Charlie and I it's always like, sunny. Well, like, I was going to say, board. I was going to go for I sound like Charlie Kirk trying to figure out how the DNC rigged the NFL so that Taylor Swift could be there to talk about Pfizer. Yeah, yeah. Like, that's what I sound like right now. <laughs> Why would they spell it that way? <laughs> Why would they? <laughs> I'm going to send an email to John Beckman. And asked. You should. Wow. <laughs> John Beckman reference on tipping pitches. There's three people listening right now who are going to fucking who crack like, up at that oh! name. <laughs> They're like, John Beckman. Um, I don't remember. Uh, oh, we're talking about the Orioles. Yeah. Is he gonna about, actually, like, what is he actually going to do? I. The reason I ask about Elias specifically is because I, I think he is generally thought of. So, you know, we talked to Evan when he wrote his book, Evan Drellick, about the Astro sign stealing scandal. There was like somewhat of an uh, a philosophical diversity among the people who were running the Astros at that time. Now they were centered around Jeff Lunau's sort of like venture capital um, consulting inspired vision on we should disrupt. You know that was like the big word of what the Astros were doing to the model. We should disrupt. We should bring in more technology. We should ignore traditional. Um, scouting me- measures and metrics somewhat of like a <laughs> spiritual successor to what Billy Bean was doing during the mon- early Moneyball era. However, I-, I think that like a lot of those executives that Mike Elias was thought of at least the way that he's been portrayed and he's a very, I mean, he doesn't do a lot of interviews. Like he doesn't really talk at length about his philosophy very often. They're very secretive. All of those like former Astros people, but he's thought of as like the the extremist, you know, in that group, like the one who was like, we don't need to spend money. We can just do it this way. And so I just it always to me just feels a little bit like a do we give him too much credit? Do we give GMs like Mike Elias too much credit when they try to telegraph that like they were playing with a hand tied behind their back or do they actually secretly like it? Do they actually secretly want to play with a hand tied behind their back and given their other hand wouldn't know how to use it is my question. Because I actually think there are more GMs like that than we than we think. Like, I think if you choose to run the Rays, you don't actually want to spend that much money. Yeah. And when, you know, when former Rays people go to a place like the Red Sox, they flounder a little bit. 
They don't know what to do with all of that. They don't know what to do with the expectation. They don't know what to do with the timeline. They don't know what to do in free agency sometimes. And like, obviously, it's a better thing if David Rubenstein comes in and he's like, here's more money. Get more good players. Let's try to make the Orioles good. It's better than what the Angelos family was doing. And I'm happy for Orioles fans if that is the eventuality. No. I just don't know. Coin flip. <laughs> it is, it's kind of a coin flip. Yeah. I wonder what Orioles fans think about this. We should have asked Jake. I mean, I think the the prevailing feeling has been one of, you know, our long national nightmare is over, yeah. right? Like the Angeloses are gone. That is... He was also just kind of a dipshit. Yeah. Oh, like, ab- ab- so sick absolutely. of the, the constant news stories and headlines. And I, I feel like if you are a GM who now has a new owner who wants to spend more money than you're comfortable with, you will not have that job for very long. Like if Rubenstein really wants to spend money, I don't know why he would he would be okay with having a GM who's like pushing back against that. Well, uh, I see your I see your brow <laughs> furrowing over there as you're as you're doing some research. Rubenstein got his start as a Carter administration official. Yeah. That's not how you get a start. <laughs> Nobody starts in a presidential administration. Well, he was like a he was like a lawyer first. He was like a merger. <laughs> he passed the bar. Oh, he was an M and A lawyer. Actually, I don't know if I may have just made that up. That's not true. His father was employed by the United States Postal Service. <laughs> a full circle, baby. See, this is a man who respects institutions. Do you think he likes unions? No. Has anyone who I has? I think he likes the union. <laughs> our union. Has anyone who has ever been titled administration official been pro union? <laughs> oh. <laughs> I, I I have to say something now. Maybe this is a good opportunity to pivot to the Forbes list, the nominal exercise of this episode. I'm reading his Forbes page. The fact that <laughs> this is breaking my brain a little okay. bit. They have like statistical categories. Like if you go to the billionaire page for the billionaires on Forbes. Yeah. And it's broken down like the back of a baseball court card. It literally says personal stats, age, source of wealth, mm-hmm. self-made score. Self-made score. I love that. That one in the philanthropy score, bro. Is that out of 10? Yes. Uh, self-made out of 10, philanthropy out of five. <laughs> Just so you know. How am I supposed to know that? Why would they not... Well, this is because you're not a real Forbes head like me, bro. He's self-made 9 out of 10. 9 out of 10. That's right. Because his dad was a USPS worker. Yeah, exactly. He he pulled those bootstraps up, bro. When I say you click on, there's like a there's like a hyperlink on the self-made score. So you can click to read about how they made it, how they designed it. The title of that article that hyperlinks out to is The Forbes 400 Self-Made Score from Silver Spooner's to bootstrappers. That's right. <laughs> Sorry, I just needed a second. I, I'm I'm ready to move on. I'm ready to do this. So you you know what you know what I will say. Also, yeah. um, Michael Bloomberg is also now an owner of the Baltimore Orioles. He's a part of this ownership group. So <sighs> I, I bring that some up of that to energy say that somewhere. My, all that my top candidate for the A's new owner has been. Uh, Stricken from the list. You were going to go Bloomberg? I was going to go Bloomberg. So He's such a New York guy, though. No. He would try to move the A's to... <laughs> fucking... 
Long Island. <laughs> um, I I feel like I got to see it for for like a longer off season. Yeah, the oh, Corbin Burns can... trade timing was very weird. It was very funny. Very weird. Like I have to assume that like he was not in a position yet to approve a trade like that. So I guess that was probably still Angelos approving that trade. Yeah, it's just the vibes immediately got way better. It's funny that like they could not pull off any trade, get any starting pitcher for the last two years when it was clearly a need for the team. And then I guess Angelos approves it at the exact moment where he doesn't even get credit for it anymore. <laughs> the dude is just fumbling at every opportunity. Um, last point on Dave, on D. Rubes. I what think- other documents does he have? <laughs> So he's got the Magna Carta. He's got the Emancipation Proclamation, the 13th Amendment. These are all copies, right? He doesn't own the original of any of these documents. I mean, no. I, but it depends on what you mean by original. Again, the ones that came out like a couple years after, right? <laughs> like this, the second versions. <laughs> the reprint. Exactly. Or like the, the iterative <laughs> versions where they were like, we need to make some additions to this. <laughs> Magna Carta 2.0. <laughs> I think it's like an album title, right? <laughs> um, these the, the, the hundreds of millions of dollars worth of patriotic uh, philanthropy that he does could not uh, keep the New York Post from calling him woke, because apparently, if you go to like James Madison or Thomas Jefferson's r- residences, which he, he spent money to like upkeep, upkeep, or and, restore, and, like right, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they they do mention that like they own slaves, and so there's a New York Post article where it's just like they're talking to people who like went on the tour and was like, you would have thought that he started the the Ku Klux Klan in there. Goddamn, goddamn David Rubenstein and his his Arguably- woke, woke liberal influence. <laughs> anyway, no one's safe. The woke mind virus does not discriminate. You know, if it gets you, it gets you. Yep, and you got to be willing to call that out. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't matter how many copies of the Magna Carta you have. <laughs> how do we get a copy? Of it? Should we hang a copy of the Magna Carta in the studio? That would be cool. What? <laughs> do, you, do you think people would get that it was ironic? I don't even know if I would get that it's ironic. Should we hang a copy of the original CBA? <laughs> that would be kind of sick. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna go to eBay right now. You think that's something that's just like just like floating around? No, <laughs> it's like in Rob's office. It's in Tony's office. No, I think, yeah, I think it's in Tony's office. <laughs> I think it's in Rob's trash can. <laughs> well, either that or it's like on his, you know, it's like this is the thing that started it all. You know, this is this is what we're we're fighting against. In, <laughs> in many ways, it's the reason Rob even has a job. Because he would have never become commissioner if it hadn't been so important to have a fucking labor lawyer as the commissioner. I mean, yeah. So he should be thankful. He should preach at the altar of Marvin Miller. You know? You think? He should. What would he do if not? He wouldn't be the fucking commissioner. He'd be an owner. Yeah. Yeah, he should be thanking us. <laughs> I got it. We got to get him on this pod. We got to do it. Dave? No, Rob. Oh. <laughs> Dave, too. He could come on if he wants. We have them both at the same time. I think, I think we now have found <laughs> the owner who is most likely to actually come on this podcast. No As like way. A, yeah. Pro. Oh, because he just, just like, like has does a appearances. Do you he think just, he like, charges a fee? Probably. Do you think we can match it? Probably. Yeah. 
Yeah, there's like a certain feed level that like it's just uncouth to go over. You're going to charge $50,000. <laughs> we're not asking him to speak at a fucking conference. Right. We're asking him to do a little 20 minute hit on the Tipping Pitches podcast. So, okay, it's time. Forbes real time billionaire list. We are going to find an owner to purchase the Oakland Athletics from John Fisher. Now, the stated goal of this is not to say, okay, who is most likely to buy the A's? This is like, given the constrictions that we have of reality, being that they're not going to eminent domain the A's to keep them in Oakland. They are not, John Fisher is likely not going to have a change of heart and decide to both spend more money and invest in the team and keep the A's in Oakland, clearly. He's still doing his sad boy USA tour talking about how hard it was for him to choose to move the A's to Vegas. Given all of those constraints, we want to find someone who would be like the the least terrible option. We've used that phrase in the past when talking about owners. The person who could purchase the A's, keep them in Oakland, and actually run them even like a median-level franchise. We would take anything at this point. So it doesn't really... this is not an emotional exercise for you because you're not an Ace fan anymore, right? Because right. you're a Phillies uh-huh. fan, right? Very real Phillies fan. Um, so we decided to go where else? But the Forbes real time billionaire list, you gotta be a billionaire to buy the A's. Mm-hmm. They're coming in at least like two five. You know, they're in California for a little no, while. Bro, they're lower than that. They're like one seven. That's their value. You could squeeze a couple extra dollars out of that, especially mm-hmm. after they moved to Vegas. Yeah. Yeah, they're, oh, wow. Whoa, bro. They're, once again, relying on Forbes, 1.18, less than the Orioles. I just don't buy it. You know, you got all that VC money over there. <laughs> I don't buy it. I don't know. They, it doesn't matter. It has to be a billionaire. We're going through the real time billionaires list because it's funny. Okay. That's why we're doing this. <laughs> now, I suggested that we just read the top 100 because why even fucking bother? Dealing with the broke boys and girls in the bottom three hundred. Right. Oh, you have four billion dollars. Yeah, wow, okay. cool. Um, <laughs> that might be enough money to get you a copy of the Magna Carta. <laughs> <laughs> Are you really going to come off the top rope to sign fucking Jacob Degrom? No. <laughs> um, but however, you, as you are wont to do, spent a little time scrolling through this list the other night, and. You said that there were some deep cuts um, that you liked in the sort of more 300s range. Mm -hmm. So I think we should start with them, and then we're going to go name by name in the top 100. Also notable, we have decided to DQ certain types of people. People who have made their money in certain ways. So, no oil people, right? Nobody over the age of... 80? Like 80. Like, I don't want someone to buy the team who's going to croak and then give it to their kid. Right, exactly. Not that that's drawing from any real-life experience. <laughs> um, Or someone who's going to just... you People who are over 80 who are billionaires, like, they're not going to change their view on this shit. Like, they need to... They're not going to be like, yeah, analytics, cool. Yeah. <laughs> so we want some fresh blood. <laughs> um. And this is their real age, by the way. This is not their biological age. So if there are any billionaires out there who have, apparently they are 18 years old, according to their biological age, that doesn't count. Sorry, you're disqualified. <laughs> um, okay. 
Honorable mentions from outside the top 100. Go. We got to kind of move. We got to try we're to gonna, move fast. We're, gonna, we're, gonna move we're going fast through here. 100 names. Uh, wait, wait. Are there any other DQs over the age of 80? The petrol. Right. Like oil. I mean, less than, you know, I mean, I mean, we're not, like you said, we're not looking at anyone who's broke, who's like worth less than a billion dollars. Um, I also shied away from of people who already own sports franchises. I See, mean, I, I mean, think that's a mistake, but we can talk I mean, about it. When we, we can, get we can the talk top, through some of these, 30. but like, I mean, there were people who I gravitated towards who I'd be like, in fact, there were people who I was like, Oh, they'd be a good candidate. And I was like, Oh, they own the Memphis Grizzlies. Never mind, I guess. <laughs> Robert Para come through. Um, but you don't want to DQ like banking people. Are you okay with a banking person? It feels like you're kind of hemming yourself like, in if you DQ. Yeah, I did, right. I mean, you can't get your own. Well, also, Steve like, what Cohen is from what is the store? I so this is <laughs> <laughs> so this is the thing is like right. There are no good billionaires, as we kind of generally agree upon, um, except for David Rubenstein. Yeah. You know, he's mm-hmm. keeping America afloat. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. keeping our liberal values alive, right? By preserving documents, you know, donating documents. Mm-hmm. Um, managing capital trying to like find one who will not step on you to get theirs is like a fucking is a fool's errand right but but (laughs) that's why it's funny (laughs) i know but if you find someone with like just enough vanity and like neurotic fandom you actually might turn out okay right and so the answer weirdly middleton you know like it's a perfect example i mean yeah but also like the answer is someone like steve cohen which is like the most boring answer possible. Number ninety six. But it's also why you can't rule out like the hedge fund guys and like I don't know. I'm not gonna pick one of those them, but like but you know, so, they're in the so like oil, too much blood on your hands. Yeah. In terms of like destruction of the entire planet. Right. But hedge fund banking, that sort of thing, you know, they might be just good guys caught up in a bad industry. Is what, who is what have not done a leverage buyout. Exactly. You know? Yeah. Bear hug. You know, we all learned about that from Succession, <laughs> that very relatable thing that you might have to do or be done to you. Exactly. That's how I greet you every day. <laughs> um, <laughs> this could be some of our best or worst work. I'm not really sure yet. I really remains to be seen. Um, kind of like kind of like Dave's uh, tenure, owner, ownership tenure of the Orioles. Um, <laughs> how about John Arnold, who... Uh, who was a disgraced Enron executive who was once the youngest uh, billionaire in the world. Uh, Enron John executive. D. Arnold, now listed as that an is, American that is, philanthropist. That is John D. Arnold, yeah. Okay. I always... Um, His firm, Centaurus Advisors, LLC. Mm-hmm. Nobody gave a note on that name? No one was like, maybe let's try a different one, John? <laughs> he got a cool $8 million a bonus check right before Enron filed for bankruptcy, which I think is just bad timing. I, I think it's just kind of sick. Right. I mean, it's bad timing in that it makes him look really bad, even if it's not deserving. He didn't know. He was working really hard. Yeah. He was adding shareholder value. I don't know what to tell you. He earned the company $750 million in the year before it went bankrupt. He's, I think he's entitled to a few dollars being tossed his way. He delivers. He's in recent years, he's invested in solar farms and deep water oil developments in the Gulf of Mexico. Hilarious. Just playing both sides, you know? <laughs> I think that DQs him. <laughs> All right, who's next? Um, 
How about a little guy named John Paulson? You want to talk board of trustee members? No way did you just throw John Paulson at me. Are you serious? $3.5 billion, number 326 on the Forbes 400. Famously um, made his money profiting off the financial crisis of 2007, betting against subprime mortgages. Also famously given hundreds of million or like $100 million to New York University and, um, and is one of the people who, uh, at least at one point in time, is he still on the board? Yeah, he is. Yes. Okay. Cool. Also, he um, he was on Trump's Economic Advisory Council too. Mm-hmm. He here's the most recent headline from Fortune.com: Hedge fund founder John Paulson is accused of hiding billions of dollars in a divorce that includes fighting over a luxury penthouse in Puerto Rico. I hope he gets it. Running a baseball team's light work, you know. He's trying to hide billions in divorce money. Yeah. Here's the thing, Bobby. Self-made score of nine. I'm just saying, like... You love the self-made score. It's good. And a philanthropy score of four. Out of five. Which is out of five. Now, why would they do one out of ten and one out of five? I don't (laughs) Just fucking double it. I know. (laughs) That's so idiotic. Uh, Um, You want to talk about an article that uh, John Beckman was not happy about. It's my <laughs> article investigating John Paulson's relationship to the Trump Economic Advisory Council. <laughs> like, I, got a, I got an email that was like, not sure what you're implying here. I'm like, not, not implying anything. Right. You're like, I actually <laughs> thought I made it very clear. <laughs> I appreciate the critique. <laughs> I'm implying that this guy is on Trump's Economic Advisory Council, which you can search on the government website. Um... I think John Paulson's out. Do you have anything else to say on John Paulson? He also, if you look him up on Google, there's like a Security and Exchange Commission case against him too. You know, these things happen. I mean, that's, if we're being honest, that's a characteristic of a good baseball owner. What are you doing if this guy walks up to you and is like, I got a job for you? <laughs> I'm running. Okay, who's I'm next? doing the Alex Jones run through the street. <laughs> um, he was kind of moving. Yeah, he was. It's not his fault. He's got a big dump truck. I have a question. Uh, <laughs> Are they all named John? Is every guy that you chose named John? Because John is the name of your current owner. <laughs> uh, the next, the next guy is uh, J, <laughs> like J dot. Well, actually, or J dot A dot, or it's, J. It's, <laughs> it is the the current governor of Illinois, J B Pritzker. No way. Is his, is that short for John? It no, it's short for J J A Y. J J Robert Pritzker. Like AKA J Robert JB. Oppenheimer? Uh-huh. Um where would Oppenheimer fall on this list if he was alive? Doesn't have the cash. I, no, he doesn't. He once again, philanthropy score of five. War crimes didn't pay as well back in the day as they do now. No. And I think he was kind of guilt ridden after that, if I understood uh his life correctly. Based on the major motion picture Oppenheimer? Seen it. Heard of it. Good movie. Um Best Picture? No. Uh, J.B. Pritzker. Did you watch Anatomy of a Fall yet? No, not yet. I'm waiting on my my partner for that one. Are you ever going to take any of my suggestions seriously? Or are you just going to dick around? I want, <laughs> I need to fuck. It's not my fault. Take it up with her. For those listening who have watched Anatomy of a Fall, the kid in Anatomy of a Fall looks exactly like Kid Alex. 
Okay, I could could not get over it. You say it like every fourth movie you watch, you're like, "Yo, it's Alex." It's you. Okay, Jamie Pritzker. I, he's kind of based. I don't know as far as billionaires go. Isn't he like the? Isn't he like the left's favorite guy right now? Yeah, like, he's like, like J.B. Pritzker for president. Right, basically. exactly. Yeah, he's like a, you know capital D Democrat. Needs like, to remind people, Obama. No good billionaires. No There's good billionaires. No moral way to make one billion dollars except for J.B. Pritzker. Okay. Who was who was an heir to the Hyatt Hotel fortune? Me too. Not a great self-made score as a result. I do this for fun. I grind away week to week uh-huh. for fun. I got that Hyatt money coming soon. <laughs> um. So, who it, you need to make note of who's in the running still. So, like, do you want me to write all of these people down that you just said, and then we come de- back to them at the end and we decide, or like, are any of those people could seriously being considered? Like, do you really want John Paulson to buy the A's? No, I I don't. I'm. These are the people who stood out to me as folks who I I ardently do not want to buy the team. Oh well, well, actually, some maybe some. That's what I'm saying. Pritzker. Yeah, yeah. It's Roman. Okay. Him, long him list. And Pritzker. His, look, just I, say long list after you. <laughs> when we're done with the guy, just say long, long list. list Pritzker. Okay. Um, I, obviously a little hard because he's the governor of of a state right now. Although I guess that does not necessarily preclude involvement. Um, his brother might be a better candidate, Anthony, who also lives in California. Let's just say the the, the Pritzker family. Okay. Hmm. Long list. This is, I'm really compromising a lot of things right now. Um, you su- So what you're saying is you support his politics in all Democratic National Committee politics. I said vote blue no matter who. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Do you think when Biden croaks two months before the election, they will put him in, in place on the ticket? When? Or when do you think that they're just going to rock with HRC? Because <laughs> I'm, I'm feeling you mean, that. You mean David Rubenstein's friend, HRC? He played both sides of the aisle, huh? He was friends with W. Mm-hmm. He was friends with HRC. Yes. As if those people are different. Right. Uh, <laughs> we got to move on. I, like, this is this is verging on <laughs> fucking Politico territory. <laughs> this is verging on real, like, early days of Chapo Trap House energy. That's right. <laughs> talking about Hillary Clinton. Um, You know who I was kind of drawn to is... um A podcast I've never once listened to, by the way. <laughs> it's... I had to have you explain it to me once. You did. I'm like, what? Because you, you do many internet concepts. Some things I'm afraid to explore. Yeah. Because like, there's such a fervor around them that I feel like I'm so far behind that I just need the download from you. Because I know that you have it. You know? And I'm, I know you are so, so literate in so many things that I don't even want to try to approach. I'm, I'm like the meme of like the military <laughs> guy who's standing with his arms outstretched while you sleep, you know? I'm taking all the hits for you. I don't have to know what fucking come down is because I have Alex. <laughs> like, it's amazing. It's great. You're like spark notes for the internet for me. <laughs> who's next? Um, I was kind of drawn to, to Dagmar Dolby. Okay. She's the heir to the... Dolby Fortune. Dolby like Dolby like, do, like audio. Dolby audio. She's in. She's in, right? I have done when I tell you like so much free PR for Dolby over my years of producing the big picture. I'm always just like go see it in Dolby. Yeah. Dolby's the mm-hmm. best. That Dolby room, it rocks. So wait, where is she? What number is she? So okay, so she's 211 on the Forbes Forbes 400 worth 5 worth 5.2 billion dollars. I will say, she's 82 years old. 
Sometimes which is, we can make exceptions. Sometimes we can make exceptions, right? The reason I look, she is she lives in San Francisco. She's a Bay Area gal. Oh, she is promising. She's like, right? Right? This is what I'm saying. She got her money. She was married to the guy who founded Dolby, and then yeah. they divorced in 2013. So and she now was she's like, just like again a philanthropist. Which, like, the thing about like billionaire philanthropists is so like, I was like, we gave 160 million to fucking Cambridge. It's like, did you guys really need that? Right. And also, like, uh, was that out of the goodness of your hearts or you? Tech sure? yeah, yeah. Right. Um, In September 2018, Dolby donated 20 million to UC San Francisco to establish the Dolby Family Center for Mood Disorders. Dude, she understands. She gets us. <laughs> Dude, I'm putting her at the top of the long list. I put her I on the long list. She's at the top. I'm she so is. glad you did the work. Yeah. Okay, who's next? How many, I, how many more from the 300s before we go through the top 100? Uh, we'll just do a couple qu- uh, quick ones. Okay. Um, what about George Lucas or Steven Spielberg? Are they on the billionaire list? They're on the billionaire's list, bro. Steven George, Spielberg is a billionaire? Yeah, bro. What? He's, is- he's worth $4.8 billion. No, he is not. <laughs> He has more than David Rubenstein? <laughs> and so does Lucas, who's worth four. But I love when they, there are like two different net worths on here. I guess his real-time net worth is $5.2 billion. Steven Spielberg. Uh, George Lucas. <sighs> yeah. Uh-huh. I Let that sink in, bro. I have a headache. Yeah. I just got a headache just now. Mm-hmm. Fuck. Can't watch Indiana Jones anymore. I am on the record. As being pro Spielberg. I know. In a lot of places. Mm-hmm. I got to go back and wipe all of that. I loved the Fablemans. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> loved it. Mm-hmm. I do not like E.T. though. So maybe I'm on my way. Well, that's. Why are we doing this pot? Just grow up and watch Close Encounter to the Third Kind. <laughs> Just grow up. <laughs> that's actually a good take. I like that. <laughs> Just grow up and watch Stalker is what you should do. If you, <laughs> I don't. <laughs> I don't recommend watching Stalker if you are not ready to just be deeply confused and unmoored yeah. for a few hours. Strange movie. Certainly don't recommend doing it just like after a work day. <laughs> <laughs> um, Lucas or Spielberg, you know, I guess you can toss them in there as canon. It's George Lucas I mean, does I knew Lucas was like, a billionaire because yeah. like he sold the rights to Star Wars for billions of dollars. Right. And, and Lucasfilm. Yes, exactly. To Disney, famously. Is that does Abigail Disney appear on your list anywhere? She's not. Should should like she based Disney gal? You know, she's always like, I don't want this money and Disney is evil. You know, she's yeah. the one that's mm, doing that okay. stuff all the time. Yeah. See, but like so here's the thing, again, as we go through this list, it's like you want like they can't be too bashful, phil- philanthropic, or whatever. <laughs> just because, Keep going, yeah. Well, because yeah, they need to save the money for fucking Max Scherzer. No, not. Th- I mean, sure, yes, but I'm. I more mean just like you need someone who like isn't just trying to get rid of their money as as fast as possible because you need them to be like a little bit engaged. It can't just be like, oh, sure, I'll just give you all the money, like whatever. Like you want someone who like kind of wants to win and is interested in like actually putting together a good baseball team. Yeah, I guess, I agree. but but also someone who will like stay out of the way enough. I, I have a question: Why hasn't someone with like genuinely unlimited money outside of there's one notable exception? So please note that I I'm aware of the existence of Steve Ballmer, but why hasn't anybody who's like in the top ten 
bought a sports team just for the fucking hell of it. Like they have like legitimately unlimited money. If they liquidated $10 billion of their money in whatever stock it lives in right now, like Elon Musk did for fucking Twitter, they could buy a team and give, they could buy a baseball team where there's no salary cap and give literally unlimited payroll. (laughs) Why hasn't anyone done that as a thought experiment? I know. I mean, those people are buying like leagues. They're buying like the sport of F1. (laughs) (laughs) But like, I don't know. You could. No, I know. We're going to get there. It's like it would be such a sliver of your wealth. Like, why would you not do it? Yeah. It's like me buying another microphone. Like, I don't need it, but I'm like, man, it's not going to bankrupt me. I'm just going to do it to have it. It is really fascinating that you don't see like 100 billionaires like trafficking in sports teams. I honestly it's like think sm- it's too small fish. Do you know why? I think it's because it opens them up to scrutiny that they don't want to be talked about in that way. Like sports fans break people. Yeah. <laughs> people are not, people would be madder at Mark Zuckerberg for if he bought the Yankees and didn't win a world series in 10 years, they would be madder about that than they were that he like fixed elections. Right. It, it does like, <laughs> come to sort of define your legacy in a weird way like you become very closely associated with a very visible like franchise or whatever it's a lot of like mid-market billionaires these days who own particularly baseball teams right you know like when they were like it's unfair that steve cohen bought the mets because he's worth 20 billion like he's not even in the top 50 yeah he's barely in the top 100 some days he's probably not depending on how his fucking portfolio is. Okay, let's go. Top 100. Are you ready? I'm ready. Let's do it. Three-way tie for number 99. (laughs) Coming in at 8.7 billion. Elizabeth Johnson, 60 years old, made her money in Fidelity? Contender or no? Long list or no? No. What is this number over to the right? That's the... Self-made? Philanthropy. Oh, that's philanthropy? Mm Mm-hmm. It looks really bad on web. There's just like a whole black box to the left. I, don't know. I know. I've yeah. <laughs> okay, she's out. Um, number ninety nine, age sixty nine. Jimmy Haslam, Tennessee gas stations. DQ'd. Number ninety nine. Orlando Bravo. Good God! Can you imagine being like, yeah, my team is owned by a guy named Orlando Bravo. <laughs> so he's out because of his name. I love it. He lives in Florida. He made his money in private equity. Goodbye. Number ninety eight. Pauline McMillan Keeneth. Uh, Cargill is how she made her money? I don't know what that is. What is that? The largest food company in the world. Why doesn't it just say like food? That's not a category. Cargill is not a category. Introduction to how we nourish the world. Again, you know, you know what I'm getting from this? You know what vibes I'm getting from this? A little, a little Bob. A little Bob Castellini vibes. Unfortunately, she's 89, DQ'd. Ah. Number 96, Henry Kravis, 79 years old, just sneaking under the threshold. New York private equity. Yes or no? Long list or no? <laughs> He's got a little bit of a Steve Cohen vibe to him, just like looks wise. This is what I mean is like these guys are indistinguishable from each other. <laughs> he, Literally, you could just throw a dart. He does look like Steve Cohen put through like an aging filter. Yes. Long list or no? Uh, no, he's out. Okay, number 96, Joe Gebbia. Oh, God, no. 42 years old, Texas. You know how he made his cash? He founded Airbnb. Yeah. Along with Brian Chesky, who might have the pun- most punchable face on this list. <laughs> no, no, no. Joe's face is pretty punchable. Yeah. He's got that, have like, you seen Brian's face? Not yet. <laughs> <laughs> not yet. 
Um, okay, number 92, Charles Schwab. Heard of that name. Heard of him. 86 years old, DQ'd. Uh, number 90, uh, we've got a lot of ties on here because yeah. it's rounding to the 10th. So also tied for 92, Jude Reyes, Florida, food distribution, 68 years old, in contention. No, yes, maybe. $35 billion food and beverage distribution company. Oh, and the he's the largest beer distributor in the U.S. It's, that's kind of cool. Uh, uh. Co-chairman Reyes Holdings. How is he the largest beer distributor in the U.S.? Isn't that is that not Anheuser Busch? <laughs> yeah, bro, I don't know. This just these lists. First of all, we we haven't really talked about just like the list project in general. That this is just like Forbes' whole thing. This is what they do. Mm-hmm. People have health care because of this. <laughs> That's insane. Yeah. Mm-hmm. These lists. This whenever I look at these lists. Oh, so he's like the largest beer distributor, not the right. largest he's beer, not the beer like brewer. Yeah. Right. Okay. So he's just shipping it out and he's made worth $9 billion. Because It always makes me remember that I have genuinely no idea how the world works. Right. Nothing. Yeah. Don't know anything about anything at all. Nope. Is he in contention? Long list him? Uh, no, I'm out on him. Look at that philanthropy. Philanthropy score of one. No, thanks. <laughs> you really buy into this philanthropy score. Uh, Tied for number 92 is is his uh, brother, so we're going to skip over him as yeah. well. Also tied for 92, Ramzi Musalam, 55 years old, New York private equity. What a headshot for this guy. Yeah. That is... He looks slick. He looks trustworthy, I would say. <laughs> <laughs> That's a guy you could trust to keep the A's in Oakland. <laughs> he did. He doubled his net worth from 2022 to 2023. So I don't know. Nothing shady going on there. Nothing shady going on there. Veritas Capital. I actually. Oh, he was their CEO at the beginning of his career. <laughs> no, no, no. No. <laughs> he became CEO in 2012. Um, yeah, he doubled his net worth because he went off. He went off on his own. I think. Leave it in. Yeah, <laughs> doesn't matter. Jordanian immigrant. Wow, Rob would never approve this. No. <laughs> okay, next. 89, Robert F. Smith. 60 years old, $9.2 billion. He resides in Texas. Made his money in private equity. Bro. How long before we get to someone who's not private equity? We, we won't. That's like, that's how this list works. Is he in contention? You know, okay. He was not, but he did enter in an, into an agreement with the DOJ and IRS to pay $140 million for his role in tax evasion scheme. So, accountability. Kind of sick. Kind of based. I think he's on the long list. You're long listing him because he paid back money from tax evasion? Yeah. God, the bar is on the ground. <laughs> oh, my God. Where is John Fisher on this list? He's, he's lower. He's, he's lower. Because yeah. like we're in, we're in guys who are like people who are worth like nine billion dollars okay. at this point. Like Number, most sports owners are not in this. This is where the magic happens. Oh, he's ninety four. DQ'd uh, already. Bernard Marcus, founder of Home Depot. Yeah, sorry, the Home Depot. They have that stylized wrong here in Forbes. <laughs> Put some respect on the Home Depot's name. Uh, Eighty nine. Jay Chaudhry, sixty four. Security software is how he made his money. CEO of Zscaler. Interesting stylization to that word. Z-S-C. Never seen those letters together. <laughs> Is he on the long list? No, he moved from the Bay Area to Nevada. So um, <laughs> maybe doesn't portend well for where the A's might end up. 
88, Nancy Walton Laurie. Nancy Walton Laurie inherited a stake in Walmart from her father, Bud Walton, who helped his brother, Sam, build the retail giant. The amount of fucking Walton. The amount of Walmarters on this list is... Is insane. Incomprehensible. It is unbelievable. She is the niece of Sam Walton. Yeah. Like, and she just inherited the money, mm-hmm. and she's worth 9.3 Self-made score, one. Philanthropy score, one. L. Uh, 87 is an interesting one. How about Ann Walton Cronkey? God damn it, bro. <laughs> 74 years old. She, not only did she inherit Walton money, she's the, her, the previous one's sister. She's also the niece of Sam Walton. She married Stan Cronkey, <laughs> who we will get to on this list later, who owns the Los Angeles Rams, Denver Nuggets, Colorado Avalanche, Colorado Rapids, and Arsenal football. Waltons are out. Every Walton. You don't like what they did for, for America? They have greeters in the stores. You know, I actually do like what they did for America, and I think they should stick to what they know. <laughs> okay. Um, number 86. Nathan Blacharsik. He's another Airbnb guy. How many fucking Airbnb guys? I didn't know Airbnb was really hitting that hard. <laughs> Put three you, guys in the top 100? <laughs> God damn. Good for them. 9.5 billion. He lives in California. What do you think? No. Airbnb guys are... No. Airbnb guys out. Okay. 85. Michael Kim co-founded MBK Partners, the sole-based private equity firm that bears his initials and manages more than $26 billion in assets. He is 60 years old. Richest man in Korea. What a title. Just all these like... They're so interchangeable. Private private equity guys. I just like... I have no no judgment on. Okay. 76. We're all the way up to 76 now because there's been so many times. We are flying through. Harry Stein. 81. DQ'd. Made his money in agriculture. Good old-fashioned way. <laughs> Monsanto. <laughs> Wait, did he actually found Monsanto? He was like, I... You know, okay. Oh, okay. License. He li- <laughs> <laughs> Farm boy turned seed genetics savant. Harry Stein has made a fortune licensing corn and soybean genetics. To multinationals like Monsanto and Syngenta. The son of a hard scrabble farmer <laughs> is how Forbes describes him. Wow. Charitable ranking one. You know what? I'm kind of bummed that he's 81 because I think I'd have him <laughs> on my short list. I mean, imagine the mind fuck that that would be for John Henry, who's trading soybean futures, to have the soybean genetics guy come soybean in and take paint. his soybean clout. Yeah. God, we would get two guys out of the paint. John Fisher and John Henry, two Johns, gone. How many Johns own teams? I've said the name John so many times. Stop naming people John. Sorry to my one of my childhood best friends who's named John. Number 76, George Roberts, 80 years old, DQ'd, made his money in private equity. Also tied for 76, Victoria Mars. Heard of that? Heard of? Victoria Mars and her three sisters are heirs to the family's giant candy and pet food company, Mars Incorporated. Uh, Victoria, Valerie, Pamela, and Marichki, Marichka, Marichka, not really mm-hmm. sure. They are all tied for 76 and 9.7 billion. What do you say to the Mars sisters? Long list? I kind of, kind of, kind of feeling long list on this. So far on the long list, just for everybody keeping track at home. At home. <laughs> want to know. Dagmar Dolby, J.B. Pritzker, and Anthony Pritzker, <laughs> Robert F. Smith, because he paid money to the IRS uh-huh. and the Mars sisters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, next up, Trudy Kathy White. Ooh, 
He, she is the only daughter of Truette Kathy, the founder of Chick-fil-A. Chick-fil-A heiress, Trudy Kathy White. What do you say? I will lump uh, Dan Kathy and Bubba Kathy into this, the Kathy family. They are all tied for 76 as well. They are the heirs to the Chick-fil-A empire. Jesus Christ. They're all under 80, though, just That's in case you're really, worried about that. really terrifying sentence to say. Heirs to the Chick-fil-A empire. Uh, you know, Chick-fil-A has a presence in Major League Baseball. They're not fucking around. They know what ball is all about. They do. Chick-fil-A uh, corner at City Field? These guys are out. Okay. Any particular reason? I think they should be summarily... Okay, sounds good. Carl Cook, number 75. <laughs> Please don't say anything. On this podcast, that is legally actionable. I, I didn't. That's because I, I You I sound like you said it in your head. You said they should be summarily. You're summarily awarded with a, a medal of honor. Okay. The fries, pretty good. The sandwiches mm-hmm. got me through college. Yeah. The, the <laughs> 75, Carl Cook. 61, made his money in medical devices. Carl Cook took over as CEO of his parents' medical device manufacturer, Cook Group, when his father, Bill, died in 2011. They don't make guys that look like this anymore. No, they really don't. I'm kind of, there's nothing drawing me to him. Okay. You don't have to have a reason. You can just say next. Yeah. Uh, 72, Henry Samueli. Samueli? Not sure. Is co-founder and chairman of Chipmaker Broadcom. Made his money in semiconductors. Normal way to make your cash. Yep. Uh, owns the Anaheim Ducks. Oh, so he's out. So I think, I think he's out. I'm sure. I don't. I don't know anything about hockey. Are the Ducks a well-run team? I have no idea. All right. Cool. But the Ducks are cool. Yeah. Great logo. Great color scheme. Mm-hmm. That duck purple, the Anaheim Ducks purple and blue, is crushing it. Yeah. Those hats are phenomenal. Now, was this a Henry Samueli decision? Or did did he inherit this color? I have to say, I imagine he had, based on what he looks like, nothing to do with it. (laughs) You don't think he's a design (laughs) aficionado? He was the farthest guy from that. He looks like a stock photo. (laughs) 72, John Malone, 82 years old. He is DQ. I've heard of him. Nicknamed the Cable Cowboy, John Malone is known for his penchant for media deals and complicated corporate structures. Me too. Yep. I, I actually am known for that now at this point. <laughs> 72. Here's your man. There he is. You are right. He is right. Come on. super Come punchable. On. Brian Chesky, $10 billion, 42, founder of Airbnb. He has been DQ'd by Alex for his association with said company. Number 70, Patrick Ryan, 86, made his money in insurance. Who among us has not tried that? DQ'd. Number 70, Stephen Ross, a recent subject of this podcast. He's 83 years old. He's what? DQ'd. What did we talk about on the podcast? That was when they were developing the site, when Reinsdorf was developing the site for the new uh, stadium, and the land is owned by Stephen Ross right now, right, who's yes. the Miami Dolphins owner, by the way. Yeah. Um, and he's also on NYU's board. <laughs> Number 67, John 2, 82 years old, DQ'd. He made his money in computer hardware. Number 67 also made his money in computer hardware, $10.2 billion. That is David Sun, co-founded and helps run Kingston Technology, 
which makes storage and memory products, as COO from a cubicle on the sales floor. Sounds like a self-made man to me. Mm-hmm. 71, lives in California. You got a self-made score of 10. Oh. A perfect 10. A perfect a 10. A dime, you could say. Are we long-listing it? Uh, he looks like a sweet man. He does look like a sweet man. I mean, the thing is, like, there's something about guys who, like, develop semiconductors. I'm kind of like... <laughs> No, no. Like, no. you develop computer chips. Like, how hard would it be to run a baseball team? He made surface mount memory chips. Hmm. That's pretty big. That is big. Because, like, Wait, without surf- the surface, surface mount, mount, like, you really, how would your computer even work? You know? Um. <laughs> no, I think they're out. Okay, damn. Sorry, David. I was pulling for you. Uh, 67, also tied for 67, Judy Love and family, 86 years old, made their money in gas stations. They're DQ'd on multiple multiple fronts. 66. Okay. Melinda French okay. Gates, 59 years old, one of the most powerful women, women in philanthropy as co-chair of the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. 59, huh? Intriguing. Philanthropy score, five out of five. Mm-hmm. She lives in Washington, clearly made her money through Microsoft with that name. What do you think? God, it would be so terrible if a Gates or if a Gates owned your team. I mean, I just like I would not be interested in any of the narratives that would that would come out of that. The thing is, like which players would refuse to sign with the A's because of the vaccine? <laughs> if Melinda Gates bought the A's. Right. Whit Merrifield. <laughs> Is no longer playing for the A's. Okay, so she's out then? I, like, like I'm not reflexively against this idea, but again, this is where the, like, huge philanthropists almost worry me a little bit because I feel like they don't necessarily want the active involvement. Like, they just want to, like, give the money away and then be done with it, right. you know, and be able to write it off. Right. So I, for that reason, I think I'm out. Okay. 65, Eric Schmidt. Smith. Is this the Google guy? Oh, no, this is Eric no. Smith. Sorry, Eric Smith, not Schmidt. Smith. Smith. Very important distinction. 63 years old, California. CEO of Harbor Freight Tools. Gotta say, my dad fucking loves Harbor Freight Tools. You never know what to give my dad for a holiday, for a birthday, for Father's Day, just because he's being a good guy. A little $25 gift card to Harbor Freight goes a long way. I'm I'm kind of feeling long list right now, solely from from your dad's uh, recommendation. I uh, just a bit of a footnote. Um, <laughs> in 2010, his dad did sue him for looting the company, <laughs> so I just want to toss that in there as just something we might have to consider down the road. Kind of like a John Fisher successor, <laughs> yeah. In some ways, mm-hmm. looting the company. <laughs> yeah. That was the verbiage. That was the verbiage. In okay. quotes. Edward Johnson the fourth. Number 64, uh, 58, another, another fidelity guy. 58 years old, founded Fidelity Investments. His, his grandfather founded Fidelity <laughs> <Right>. Investments. <laughs> no, not feeling it. Okay, John Doerr, 72. Uh, he's number 63 on the list. He's 72 years old, California, made his money in venture capital. He's the chairman of venture capital firm Kleiner Perkins. $10.7 billion we're up to now. What do you think? Venture capital feels like another one that we should have. I mean, but it's so hard. But, but like venture capital, private equity, hedge funds, what's the fucking difference? Venture capital to me, I guess is a little you more. You like, are literally like speculative. coming. Yeah. Well, but you're also like, 
Yeah. No, we don't need to make this decision right now. <laughs> no, what is it? What is venture capital to you? <laughs> it's a really cool thing that's going to save media, I mm-hmm. think. Yeah. It's definitely 100% success rate. Venture capital has not had any downstream effects on the trustworthiness of the media, the financial success of the media, the importance of the media, the functionality and freedom of the media and the press. Yeah. I think venture capital has been a fucking godsend yeah. for the media. Venture capital media addicts be like, <laughs> no, bro, I swear, just this this one more acquisition. This one more acquisition is the one that's going to turn it around. <laughs> We're going to put Sports Illustrated's logo on tote bags. Mm-hmm. Tote bags. Think about it. Work for Bon Appetit. <laughs> uh, number 62, Robert Kraft. Yes. 82 years old. The GOAT. The GOAT. DQ'd, though, because mm-hmm. he's too old. That's the only reason he's DQ'd, though. <laughs> 61. Oh, Jesus Christ. I am so happy we're here. <laughs> Online retail magnate Michael Rubin, CEO of online sports merchandise, merchandising retailer Fanatics. He's 51 years old. He's worth $11.5 billion. He has been an owner of a team in the past, but he is not currently. He used to own the Philadelphia 76ers. He's the scariest looking man who's ever lived. Mm -hmm. He is also the most well-connected man alive. It would be the funniest thing for the show if he acquired the Oakland Athletics. What say you about Michael Rubin? Fanatics makes insufferable and terrible quality products. Yeah. I would he like even be allowed to do this? Because like Fanatics is like is I think is that's like why a, he like divested from the Sixers. Right. Because yeah. like there was too much business competing business interest league wide. Yeah. So unfortunately, I feel like he he might be out. Although I just want to say in his Wikipedia page, it notes that he hosts an annual um quote, white party in the Hamptons for Independence Day, which is like... You don't know about this? No. The, you actually don't know about the Michael Rubin white party? No, bro. You've never heard about this before? Nope. Honestly, Elucidate me. that is shocking to me. Shocking. It's like the biggest celebrity event of the year. Everybody comes. The only reason I know so much about it is because like all the Sixers players went because they are all friends with him because he used to be the owner. And like... I feel like I Leonardo have, I have DiCaprio seen, like, was there. Before, like Kim Kardashian not, like, was there. It's like him. Yeah, he's like, that. Like all those pictures that you saw going around of all these celebrities just wearing all white at a house in the like, Hamptons. That's, that's, that's his him. thing. Yeah, I can't believe you don't know about that. Like the, again, like I've I seen these. Fo- I've seen these photos you. before, but like yeah. I don't know who Michael Rubin is. We've spent so much time on Michael Rubin. We spent a lot. Is of time. he going on the long list? Uh no. Number like, sixty he legally can't. I don't think. Donald Newhouse. 94 years old, he and his brother Samuel inherited the publishing and broadcasting empire advanced publication decades ago. He's 94. He's DQ'd. Number 58, Christy Walton, another Walmart person. (laughs) She's DQ'd as well for being part of Walmart. Number 58, also Israel Englander, 75 years old, lives in New York, hedge funds, Millennium Management, 1989. Feels like the kind of guy who probably would buy the A's. I know. And then there's like 38 explainer pieces. Who is Israel Englander? Yeah, I'm out. Okay. 57, Leon Black. (laughs) Leon Black is the co-founder of private equity behemoth Apollo Global Management, which manages $600 billion in assets. But one of the more famous private equity people in the world, like him and Steve Cohen, are up there. Mm -hmm. 
Like he is a mainstay of New York private equity. He's always on the shows. He's always talking. He is out and about Leon black. He is he disgraced? Well, always good when you have a section under Wikipedia that's titled Jeffrey Epstein relationship. That's what I thought. Yeah. He paid like him like hundreds of millions of dollars in fees. Interesting. Okay. Well, I think he's out. 55. Very excited to talk about this guy. <laughs> very Are excited you? to talk about this guy. You were. You even mentioned this before we started recording. I think that he's like a contender for you. Yeah. 39 years old, California, made his money via the little old thing called Facebook. Dustin Moskovitz. He was um, Mark Zuckerberg's roommate. Famously just hanging out and about in the 2011 film, The Social Network. 2011, 2010. Yeah. What do you th- what do you think about Dustin Dustin Moskowitz? Oh God, I don't know. I mean, I so- genuinely could not tell you a single thing about this guy. He's just 39, and he made billions of dollars via Facebook, and now he like he founded a sauna. Oh no, he's out. <laughs> <laughs> not a sauna guy. I was rooting for you. You were the chosen <laughs> one. You he's- were meant to bring balance to the Oakland Athletics. <laughs> So the thing is, like, he lives in the Bay Area, right? He lives in San Francisco. So he's got the local ties. Yeah. He is a big philanthropist. He's I can deal with Asana. I can live with that. The thing that worries me about him a little bit. If it was like Okta, I'd be like, no. Yeah, I know. He's he's one of these effective altruism guys. Oh. And he even looks a little bit like Sam Bankman Freed, who's who again, if we'd scrolled down to the bottom of this Forbes 400, he would have been right there. And and would have been on my long list. Does he have any money? <laughs> I, don't know. I think it's somehow up for litigation. Um, yeah, Dustin Mo- Dustin Moskovitz. I feel like he's long list material. I think he might be long list. <laughs> like the guy, <laughs> the guy who founded Facebook, who's not Zuckerberg mm-hmm. owning the A's. That's that's like cosmically sort of perfect. Yeah. Uh, also tied for fifty five, Shahid Khan. He's the owner of auto parts supplier Flex and Gate, and also the NFL's Jacksonville Jaguars. 73 years old. What do you think? I do like his vibe. I think he's kind of evil, though. Like, I think he's like crazy right wing. Mm. I think he was like one of Trump's appointees somewhere. Like a foreign diplomat or something. <laughs> I could be wrong. <laughs> also, I I think he... <laughs> Look at this man. I know. I know. I think he... Um, I could be misremembering this, but I think that there's like a like a really bad Jaguars like head coaching firing scandal involving him. <laughs> <laughs> All right, cool. So, so he's out then. Yeah. I could be wrong. Next up. I, nope. Okay. <laughs> I love like you're like getting so excited. Uh-huh. 54. Lorene Powell Jobs and family. She inherited her fortune mostly through shares of Walt Disney and Apple from her late husband, Apple co-founder Steve Jobs, who died in 2011. She is worth $13.4 billion. She is 59 years old. In terms of on paper, she's right in your sweet spot. Mm -hmm. I did come into this exercise with her kind of on my short list. (laughs) Okay. 
Because she does feel like, I, I think she checks a lot of the boxes. I'll note that she actually, um, she owns a minority stake in like a sports conglomerate that owns, that like has stakes in NBA, NHL, and WNBA teams. So like in theory, maybe she like, you know, if if we were doing people who don't already own sports teams. I don't know why that's a characteristic. It doesn't, that's, okay, sure. It doesn't necessarily. You just don't famous. want someone who's like already famous for owning another team. Right. Like, you don't want be Mark like, Cuban. I want Robert Kraft to buy my baseball team. Like, all right. You could do whatever. worse. You could do far worse. You could do worse. In <laughs> fact, someone board. would argue you are doing worse currently. Uh-huh. Um, I kind of, I kind of vibe with it. She's like not too philanthropic. And in fact, um, <laughs> I love that you backed yourself in this corner where you have to be like, she doesn't give away very much money. That's a good thing. <laughs> uh, inside ph- philanthropy. <laughs> Everything is fine. You, you know, inside philanthropy, the news, you read it, right? I have written there a couple times. Yeah. Um, designated her the least transparent mega giver, <laughs> which I kind of love. It's like she gives a lot of money, but you don't quite know where it goes. That's sick. That's, That's so cool. Insane phrasing. Okay. She's on the long list. Number 51. Jeffrey Hildebrand made his money in oil. DQ'd. <sighs> Number 51 as well. David Green and family. 81 years oh old. God, DQ'd. The Hobby Lobby founder. <laughs> Hell Yeah. <laughs> A preacher's son from a poor background, Hobby Lobby founder David Green opened his first craft shops in 1970 with a $600 loan. Talk about self-made. Too bad. 81. DQ'd. Also tied for 51, David Duffield. This man looks like he was stolen out of a Western and forced to wear a suit. He looks like he already would own a baseball team. He's so sunburned. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, he co-founded not just one but two successful enterprise software companies after age forty. Who says that? <laughs> he says it's a game for the young man. PeopleSoft and Workday. He created Workday. He created Please Workday. just fucking kill me. I'm out. He's eighty three, and anyway, so he's DQ. Um, number fifty, Andrew Beal. 70 years old, lives in Texas. He made his money in banks and real estate. Made a tidy sum during the Great Recession, <laughs> scooping up beaten down assets. <laughs> Just, <laughs> do, you like, um, do you like him? I kind of do. Like, I have to respect the grind. Um, I'm putting him on a long list. Oh, God. We're going too slow. 49, George Kaiser. Uh, oil and gas and 81, DQ'd. Number 48, Jerry Jones. <laughs> I love that. Of all of the people who on this list, he's listed as making his money for the Dallas Cowboys. Yes. What a goat. Mm-hmm. 80, DQ'd. 47, Stanley Kroenke, 76. Aforementioned Stanley Kroenke. When you know him, you just call him Stan. Yeah. So we're going to call him Stan. Uh, he lives in Texas. He owns a bunch of fucking teams. And at the, A's would be, the A's would be like the smallest part of his sports portfolio. Yes. Uh, so I, I'm guessing no for him. I think I think we're out on him. 45, Autry Stevens, 85 years old, DQ'd, also made their money in oil. Looks, again, looks like he owns a baseball team already. He looks like Ken Kendrick. Yes, he does. Oh my God. How is his head shaped, shaped like that? 45, Philip Anschutz, 83 years old, DQ'd. Who he does he also own? made his money in oil. Who does he own? Though? It says energy, sports, and entertainment. 
<laughs> this is a really uh, funny bio. Over five decades, Philip Anschutz has built fortunes in oil, railroads, telecom, real estate, and entertainment. Talk about the fucking American dream. Mm-hmm. Uh, he owns the Los Angeles Kings. Huh. How about that? And has a stake in the Los Angeles Galaxy and owns Crypto.com Arena. Number 44. The Kings play. Crypto.com Arena. Yeah, that's where the Lakers play. He owns right. that? He owns Staples Center? Since fucking I don't know when? to tell you, man. The Lakers don't own Staples Center? <laughs> what? Number 44, Jan Combe co-founded WhatsApp, now the world's biggest mobile messaging service in 2009. How do you make $15.1 billion from founding WhatsApp? How does WhatsApp fucking, make money? You sell it to Facebook. It's free. <laughs> How, like, <laughs> trying to apply like Marx's labor theory of value to WhatsApp yeah. two hours into a podcast. Uh-huh. Fool's errand. What do you think? You're kind of considering it. Yeah, but I think I'm I'm leaning towards no. He lightweight looks like Don Fisher. <laughs> A little bit. Like like de-aged yeah. 30 years. 42 Leonard Lauder. Founded Estee Lauder. Unfortunately, Leonard is 90, so he's DQ'd. 42 Ray Dalio. 74 years old. Lives in Connecticut. Made some money in hedge funds. What do you think? Bridgewater Associates. Everybody knows Bridgewater Associates. Everybody knows Bridgewater. Uh, bro, I don't fucking... <sighs> Stop getting Another mad. Another hedge fund guy. We're just okay, doing we the thing it. we said we were going to do. <laughs> Stop getting bad. <laughs> we're about to get to some ones that are interesting to you. Okay. Uh, 41. Rick Cohen and family. Warehouse automation. That's how he made his money. He's owner and executive chairman of CNS, CNS Wholesale Grocers. The nation's largest grocery wholesaler with $33 billion in annual revenue. Sounds like Castellini with money. Mm-hmm. Kind of love it. I kind of don't hate it. All right, long list. 40 Rupert Murdoch. <laughs> like, I don't even know why. Sure. 40, 40 Rupert Murdoch. He's 92. Oh, uh, really? Should we consider just the Murdoch family the Murdoch for when family. he dies? Because mm-hmm. he's like on the brink. Right. What what's the what's the one the son's name Lachlan? I suppose yeah, let's consider yeah. Lachlan then. Lachlan Murdoch. <laughs> Taking a long look in the mirror, uh-huh. considering what it would be like for the Murdochs Jeez. to own the A's. Jesus Christ! Succession's a documentary. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no. No. Thirty-nine. Donald Bren, ninety-one years old, DQ'd. Thirty-eight. Diane Hendricks, seventy-six years old, made her money in building supplies. She chairs ABC Supply, one of the largest wholesale distributors of roofing, siding, and windows in America. Gotta say, what a girl boss. Mm-hmm. Construction, usually a field for the boys. <laughs> That's what I always say. How do you feel? Uh, I guess the the windows on the casino that's built next to the <laughs> A's stadium would look good. Like, I don't know. She has spent millions on local economic development, rebuilding entire blocks in Beloit, and bringing in several new businesses to the state. Sounds like Coliseum City to me. You gotta make a choice. What no, I'm not feeling okay. it. I heard it. 37, Steve Cohen. DQ'd because on account of the fact that he owns the New York Mets. 36, this is Eric Schmidt. Left the board of Google parent company Alphabet in June 2018 after 18 years. He stayed on as a technical advisor until February 2020. Pretty lackluster 
description mm-hmm. of Eric Schmidt there. Yeah. <laughs> Just like what he's done in the last year. Uh, Google. Google. He made his money at Google. What do you think? I fucking hate this guy. I don't know. He just like, he's like very smarmy. You know, he has a whole media career now where he like talks about like responsibility and like the dangers of AI and stuff. And I just like, we get it. Yeah. I have a a big thing about AI, but I'm not going to share it on this podcast. (laughs) 35, David Tepper. You know this guy. As yeah, arguably, you, you at home know this guy as arguably the greatest hedge fund manager of his generation. <laughs> what the <laughs> fuck? <laughs> like, who you got? Jordan, LeBron, or David Tepper? <laughs> he, uh, I think he owns the Panthers. He does. I think he's not a good guy. But I could be wrong. Do you want to put him on the long list? He told an interview in 2010 that sometimes if someone is an asshole, like a waiter at the restaurant, I think I could just buy this place and fire that guy. Based as fuck, man. That's thinking big picture. Uh, no. David Tepper's out. 34, Daniel Gilbert. Dan Gilbert's worth $21.3 billion. Quicken Loans. That's how he made his money. Uh, he's a slumlord in Detroit. <laughs> and he owns the Cleveland Cavaliers. Yeah. I'm gonna just I'm gonna say no on this one. Thirty three John Menard Jr. Home improvement stores. Menards. Are you familiar with the Menards? I'm home actually not. Yeah, I think it's pretty regional. Um he's eighty three, he's DQ'd. Thomas Frist Jr. and family, eighty five years old. Thomas Frist made his money in hospitals. DQ'd. Thirty one Lucas Walton. That's Walmart Man. DQ'd. He's thirty seven. Wow. He's the grandson of Sam Walton. Probably earned his way to his role, though. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That self-made score's got to be a 10. Harold Hammond family, number 30. $25.2 billion, 77 years old. Fracking pioneer Harold Hamm founded and chairs Continental Resources, one of the nation's biggest independent oil companies. DQ. 29. Abigail Johnson, 61 years old. CEO of Fidelity Investments since 2014, where she took over for her father, and has been chairman since 2016. More like chairwoman. You know? Mm-hmm. Fidelity? You in or out on Fidelity? Uh, what does Fidelity do? You like you can buy stocks there? I Yeah, I think it's like an investment app. All right. I'm out. I think it's like Schwab, you know? Right. They're all in the same zone to me. Yeah. 28, Jeff. Yes. <laughs> See, even his photo his photo looks like Jeff yes co-founder of Susquehanna International Group one of Wall Street's largest and most successful trading firms also Susquehanna um, bank oh he used to be a pro gambler this guy's based yeah an early investor in TikTok He's Susquehanna a- bank used to be the name of the arena where you and I went and saw <laughs> Come on, bring it home. <laughs> I don't know why his photo being open on my screen is just jarring. <laughs> um, it's where we went and saw Earth, Earth did fire. Oh, was it actually? Yeah, yeah. That used to be Susquehanna Bank Center. I don't know uh, what it's called now. It's changed five times in my life. Hmm. Long list. I don't know. Uh, let's see. He's a major supporter of Israeli right wing think tanks. <laughs> Good God. <laughs> what the 
fuck? Okay, 27. He's avoided $1 billion in taxes by pouring his money into political campaigns. Thomas Petterfee, a digital trading pioneer. Thomas Petterfee shares interactive brokers, which markets a specialized trading platform to sophisticated investors. Sophisticated investors only. 79 years old, lives in Florida. No, I don't want a Floridian owning my baseball team. Agreed. Jim Simons, 85 years old. He's number 25. DQ'd. 25. Len Blavatnik. 66 years old, does not have a residence listed. They don't know where he lives. <laughs> he moves in silence. Made his money in music and chemicals. Born in Ukraine, raised north of Moscow. Len Blavatnik immigrated to the U.S. in 1978 with his family. He studied computer science at Columbia University and received an MBA from Harvard Business School. Still don't really understand how he made his money. Where did the money come from? He made his initial fortune after the collapse of the Soviet Union and the privatization of state-owned aluminum and oil assets. Also, he owns most of Warner Music Group. <laughs> Holy also, shit. he's knighted. <laughs> I'm so sorry, Sir Len Blavatnik. That's right. Wow. From the collapse of the USSR? That's amazing. Okay, he's DQ'd because of oil then. Miriam. No- Hi, which is kind of a bummer because I'm kind of into him, man. That would be awesome if he bought the A's. 24, Miriam Adelson and family. She's 77. She's the CEO and chairman of casino company Las Vegas Sands. Sorry, wait. She's the widow of Sheldon Adelson, the former CEO and chairman of casino company Las Vegas Sands. I don't know. What are Are we feeling the Adelsons? For the purposes of this podcast, it doesn't seem like she would be likely to prevent the A's from moving to Vegas. I don't think so. Nope. 23, Steven Schwartzman. We're up to the th- we're up to $34.5 million, by the way. Son of a dry goods store owner, Steven Schwartzman founded private equity firm Blackstone with fellow billionaire Peter Peterson Self-made. in 1985. King. Is another New York investments guy. Yes, no, maybe so. What do you think? Um yeah, I mean, he is, he's a Republican. In 2010, he compared the Obama administration's plan to raise the tax rate on carried interest, heard of it, um, <laughs> to like when Hitler invaded Poland. Those words came out of his mouth. He said, it's a war. It's like when Hitler invaded Poland in 1939. <laughs> Man, rich person brain is really cool. No, it's exactly like that. 22, Ken Griffin. Ken Griffin founded and runs Goated. Citadel. Goated. Goated. <laughs> that manages more than $60 billion in assets. This looks like an oil painting of him. It does. What do you think? What do you think about KG? He's only 54, but he lives in Florida. So you kind of have loosely DQ'd Florida billionaires from buying the uh, California yeah, baseball Yeah, I team. know. And, and because he was trying to short sell, you know, GameStop stock. I just, I can't get behind him. Yeah. As a big Wall Street bets guy. Let the kids play. Mm-hmm. 21, Mackenzie Scott. Sick. You all know who Mackenzie Scott is. You know. Mackenzie Scott is a philanthropist, author, and the ex-wife of Amazon founder Jeff Bezos, to whom she was married for 25 years. As part of their 2019 divorce, she received a 4% stake in the online retailer Amazon. Are we long-listing Mackenzie Scott? Employs a no-strings-attached style of giving, where she just hands over the money and says, however you want to use it. That sounds like what could Which save the A's. I kind of love. I know that like runs in the face of like not wanting someone to be too philanthropic. 
Uh, tied at 19, John, are we are we long-listing Mackenzie? Yeah, long, okay. long-lister. Tied at 19, John Mars and Jacqueline Mars. More from the Mars family. So I'm going to fold them into the, the whole Mars family. Mm-hmm. Even though, I mean, they're like the... The founders, the patriarchs. Well, wait, no, they didn't. Oh, the siblings. They like... John and his siblings, Jacqueline and Forrest Jr., inherited stakes in the candy. This is very confusing to me. I need a Mars family tree. Candy food and pet care firm? I didn't know the Mars. 18, Phil Knight. 85, too old. Sorry, Phil. Nice work founding Nike and whatnot. Mm -hmm. I would appreciate if you stopped with the sweatshops. 17, Jensen Huang. 60, semiconductors guy. He makes the chips that are like powering AI right now. Yeah. Co-founded graphics chip maker NVIDIA in 1993 and has served as its CEO and president since inception. He's worth $40.7 billion because he made chips. Yep. He does live in California, though. Yeah, he lives in Los Altos. Um, too close. The AI is too much. The AI is a little a little much for me. 16. We're getting to the goats of the goats. We're in right. the pantheon now, yeah. brother. Strap in. Charles, Coke, and family. <laughs> yes. I mean, he's What my, does he's Coke my... Industries do? America's second largest private company by revenue since 1967. It doesn't say what they do. What did they make? Businesses including pipelines, chemicals, software, automotive com- components, and Dixie cups. Really? Big Dixie cup guy. So, like, if I buy a Dixie cup, I'm funding the Dakota Access Pipeline? <laughs> okay, he's 87, and he's Charles Koch, so he's DQ'd. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Number 15, Julia Koch. She's DQ'd also, because of on, the, on behalf of Koch Industries. We got a nice little run here. 14, 14 Alice Walton. 66.5 billion. 13, Rob Walton, 67.4 billion. 12, Jim Walton, 68.2 billion. Bro, I don't understand how there is this much fortune to be inherited. What do you mean each of them got $40 billion? There's like 12 of these fucking kids running around and grandkids and nephews and nieces and whatever. <laughs> the nieces thing is really funny. It's really, what? Like, <laughs> you don't understand? There's a fucking Walmart on every corner of every fucking block in America. I guess so, man. This is my coastal elite talking. And guess what? All of that value built on the backs of workers making minimum wage. Mm-hmm. Uh, 11. Michael <sighs> Dell. Still only 58. Chairman and CEO of Dell Technologies, which formed in 2016 via Dell's $60 billion merger with computer storage giant EMC. Dell. No. Intel no. Core Processors? No. <laughs> What's wrong with Dell? You could do worse than Michael Dell. I don't Dell. know. What is right with Dell? Sure, yeah. You could... 10, Michael Bloomberg, 81, DQ'd. Sorry. He, Number nine. Because he already has a stake in the Baltimore Orioles. I mean, he's 81. Number nine. At long last. We're swimming with the big fish now. Steve Ballmer. The high-wattage former CEO of Microsoft who led the company from 2000 to 2014. Steve Ballmer clocks in at $101 billion. Talk about a sports owner who actually has so much money that he could buy the whole league. Mm-hmm. Every, the way that people talk about Steve Cohen is actually how Steve Ballmer is. It's just that there's a salary cap in the NBA. Yeah, There's not a salary cap in Major League Baseball. And Steve Cohen already spends a lot of time in the state of California, even though he technically lives in Washington. Steve Ballmer? Yeah, sorry, Steve Ballmer. 
I think, think this you're is your long list. I honestly think this is your, the right answer, like to this question. I he is insane. He wants to win, yeah, at all costs. He has poured so much money into the Clippers, who suck. Mm-hmm. <laughs> basketball is a He's really for a win. <laughs> basketball is a really hard sport to just spend your way into winning, compared to some of the other sports. Because if you don't draft the right guy, if you don't have LeBron or Nikola Jokic. You know, like you're cooked. But in baseball, think about how immediately overnight this would change the A's. I got, I think he like legally has to be long list. I know. <laughs> yeah, that. I think so. <laughs> he would be perfect. <laughs> Number eight, Mark Zuckerberg. $106 billion. He's 39 years old. I don't know if you know this, but Mark Zuckerberg started Facebook at Harvard in 2004 at the age of 19 for students to match names. With photos of classmates. That's what it says on Forbes. Hmm. I don't know if that's exactly what they were doing. <laughs> I don't know if that's exactly how that started out. Somebody did not watch the movie. No, I'm I'm not interested in Mark owning my team. Sweet Baby Ray's the only condiment available. God, the you Coliseum. thought the vo- virtual ballpark experience was bad now? I feel like you no-sold my Sweet Baby Ray's joke. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. I'm working hard. We're over two hours into this pod. <laughs> By the way, this is going to be our longest pod ever. <laughs> I know, I know. Remember when we like saved the two-hour pod for like a... I think this is worth it. All right. So no, no to the Zuck. If you're going to have a Facebook guy, it might as well be Moskowitz. Right. God, it would be funny if Zuckerberg on the A's, though. Talk about a guy who's even weirder and more socially awkward than John Fisher. I mean, this is where we're running into like the other owners wouldn't allow this sort of thing. No, he's way too rich. He's he's way too rich. They're all but also, he's just rich. like not of their ilk. They would never allow Steve Ballmer. No. All the issues that people were bringing up about Steve Cohen. This is magnified by 10. Oh my God. But we're wish casting. Number seven, Sergey Brin. Heard of him. Founded Google. 110 billion. You fucking hate the Google guys. I just, when the look on your face when any when the word Google comes up... <laughs> But, like, I hate all these guys, right? It's like each of them unleashes a different visceral reaction. Bill Gates, number six. Yeah, I'm in. He's only 67. He looks rough for 67. You got that much money? Maybe he should be doing the fucking blood transfusion shit that that guy is doing. Brian, whatever. Is Bill Gates the only guy who, when you open, when you click on his name, there's a full profile and a premium article? (laughs) Number five, Larry Page, the other founder of Google. Hmm. Hmm. So that's going to be a no. I think that's going to. Yeah, I mean, what is the argument for them? Just that they like have live a in high the area and yeah. have, live in the area. Whatever. They don't seem like they know what sports are. Maybe no, nope. like that they don't know what a sport is. Right. Zuckerberg though, also seems that way. <laughs> <laughs> but he does MMA. <laughs> True. Number four, Warren Buffett. Known as the Oracle of Omaha, Warren That's Buffett I know him. is one of the most successful investors of all time. I know him as Warren, friend of Alex Rodriguez. He's 93, but you know, A-Rod vouches for his mental acuity and his work ethic to this day. So I know that we've been DQing people who are over the 80, but really he's like a 70-year-old, 93. Yeah. So what do you think? Warren Buffett, Berkshire Hathaway? They would be able to find a new plot of land to build a stadium. That's his whole thing. I know they would. I... I... This is what it's all been for. I know. Seven years of the to get pod to these names is for me really, to sell Warren Buffett to you. Mm-hmm. No, I'm out on Warren Buffett. Larry Ellison. I'm in on Larry Ellison. Oh, man. Larry Ellison is the chairman, chief technology officer, and co-founder of software giant Oracle. 
of which he owns just under 40%. Here's a pop quiz. What does Oracle do? Are they a, are they like a, a SaaS? Like like software as a service? Are they they're like like security, privacy? You're just saying words. Right? Cloud applications and cloud, cloud. platforms. <laughs> I, I should have known it was fucking cloud. You don't get that big unless it's cloud. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like storage. It's like it's like real estate, but for the internet. Right. That's how that's their mentality to this. That's how they yeah. made so much money. It's how do like you become enterprise, 158 you know? billion dollars for having cloud storage? How does that happen? How does it happen? There's probably like a million articles about how it happened. Yeah. But I'm interested in that. So you want me to long list Larry Ellison? <laughs> he kind of checks all the boxes, I mean, right? He lives like, in San Francisco. He lives in San Francisco. He's vaguely, he, I mean, he's like pretty Republican. Um, he's settled insider trading suits. Right. Uh, he, he also he is like aware of island sports. in Hawaii. <laughs> <laughs> so does Zuckerberg, though. True. That's where he does all his training. Yeah. Um, also, like he is aware of sports because, or the Oracle Arena, you know, he has a relationship with the Warriors. True. Isn't Oracle the jersey sponsor of the Warriors too? Maybe not. I don't know. Doesn't matter. Why are we give? Why are we talking I about it was Oracle? like Rakuten or something? Oh yeah, another company. What do they do? What does Rakuten do? I don't know. Fucking internet. Aren't they like like technology products like like MP3 players? Financial technology company. Okay, that's I was on the right path. Stevie's people like, you guys are ask, so close right now. You just people you also ask, power through. What does Rakuten do? No, we can't get hung up in Rakuten. We're not even talking I know, about. We're them. not even number about two. Rakuten. I long listed Larry Ellison by the way, which mm-hmm. is hilarious. Uh-huh. Number uh-huh. two, Jeff Bezos. He has a premium I mean, article next to his name too. I know, but not if McKenzie's in the running, right? We can't have both of them on there. Bidding war. <laughs> Who's willing to throw more away for the A's? <laughs> Jeff Bezos. Uh, I'm not sure if you know, he founded e-commerce giant Amazon in 1994 out of his Seattle garage. Not sure if that story has made its way down to you. Mm-mm. Um, I think that's regional. He believes in the free press as well. Democracy dies in darkness, famously. Yeah. Bezos? Yes? No? Maybe so? <laughs> <laughs> He's going to buy the, the Nationals. So I feel like he might be out. He's not going to buy the Nationals. That. That's not happening. <laughs> Number one. This fucking hostage photo of him. Here he is. Elon Musk, 251 billion. Which, like, I just want to say... The real-time list has him a lot lower, by the way. Well, that's because a a court just voided his, like, $55 billion payout from Tesla the other day. So his net worth got slashed by, like, 20%. Who cares? Elon Musk co-founded six companies, including electric car maker Tesla, rocket producer SpaceX, and tunneling startup boring company. We have already, we are on the record as this being the worst possible outcome for all sports fans involved. Is Elon Musk buying specifically the A's? <laughs> He's like wearing A's jerseys for some reason. It would be, okay, I, okay, wait, 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 hang on. Okay. It would be really bad, right? Like he is like so erratic as a business person just like reprehensible, like morally, you know, he wouldn't keep the A's from, move. I mean, like he might fast track the A's move to Las Vegas, right? And be like, no, I'll know that that tunnel is going to take you right there. You know, whatever the fuck he's doing. With in that case, company. they'll be in fucking Oakland forever. Yeah, I know. Uh, the tunnels well, aren't real. The tunnels know, are not fucking real. Not real. If you think your car is going to go into a fucking tunnel, just give me a million dollars. If you think that. <laughs> um, 
what you want is someone who's like 20% less Elon Musk, who like has enough of the like, fuck it, I kind of don't give a shit attitude, but like is just not as like meddling and erratic in everything he does. Okay. I don't know where that leaves us. Larry it's Ellison. Not, it's not, a, it might be Larry Ellison. So we're not, we're not long listing Elon. We're not long listing. Okay. No. Are we summarily Elon Musk? I don't, I don't know what you're summarily giving him a round of applause. Yeah. Summarily saying, sir, sir, thank you, sir, for saving x.com. Mm-hmm. It's now once again, a place where we can distribute this podcast effectively and that everybody can listen to it. That's right, brother. Okay. Is, what does our list look like right now? It's, I don't even, we've been doing this for so long. It's beautiful. Dagmar Dolby, JB yep. Pritzker, and Anthony Pritzker, Robert F. Smith, who once again, I will remind you, you only put on here because he decided to pay taxes back to the IRS. Mm-hmm. The Mars family. <laughs> 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 Eric Smith, not Schmidt. Eric. Wait, I did long list Eric Smith. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you did. Dustin Moskowitz. Lorene Powell Jobs, Andrew Beal. Oh, Smith is the 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 tools. The Harper face. Right. <laughs> yeah. Uh Andrew Beal, Rick Cohen, Mackenzie Scott, Steve Ballmer, and Larry Ellison. <laughs> <laughs> this is the best the world has to offer. These are the these are the best of the best. This is it. This is everything. We've gone through all the names. We've done it. We now come to the part of the podcast where much like when you had to pick a new team, I'm going to turn the attention to you and say it's time. Who is purchasing the A's? The offers are in. You're Rob Manfred. You select whose offer you accept. That's not how it works. John Fisher would select whose <laughs> offer they accept. You know what I mean? How did Pritzker make his money? Inherited, right? But from what? Hotels. Oh, Hyatt. Yeah. Hyatt. Okay. So we have Dolby Hyatt. <laughs> Mars. Uh-huh. Harbor Freight. Facebook. Um, Apple. What was Andrew Beal again? Why is he on here? Why are Andrew Beal and Rick Cohen on here? Those are two guys who I don't remember their names. Yeah, I don't know why I put Beal on here uh, either. I think because he made a tidy sum during the Great Recession. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe let's strike him. <laughs> All right. Tidy sum during Great Recession. Andrew Beal. Dunzo. Who, who was the other one? Rick Cohen. Oh, wholesale grocer. Right. Oh, yeah. Gave Castellini to- with money. Yeah. Okay, cool. And then, uh, of course, Mackenzie Scott, Balmer, and Ellison. Who's who's next off the list? So this list is kind of split basically between like people who founded or helped found one thing and got rich as fuck off that, or people whose dad did that and who inherited the money. You just described all billionaires, <laughs> by the way. Well, no, because half this list is people who are just like doing leveraged buyouts and gutting companies. Oh, okay, yeah. So I mean, like, like. I kind of love this. See, this is why I like a guy, a guy like <laughs> Eric Smith, you know, who's like, right. He's like Here's who just some makes tools. his money in one industry, yeah. and then is like, oh, sure. I, it almost feels like the prototypical, like baseball owner or sports owner, right? The person who just like makes money in a, in another industry and is like, okay, sure, I guess I'll buy a sports team too. Smith was born in Los Angeles, California. His mother had multiple sclerosis and his father, overwhelmed, sent him to an orphanage when he was nine. Jesus. Four years later, he went to live with an Overwhelmed? With an aunt, overwhelmed with him? An aunt in Tennessee. Uh, returning home after two years before moving into his own apartment on his 16th birthday. 
He graduated from Grant High School in Van Nuys. And then he started Harbor Freight as a teenager with his father, who had sent him away. Because <laughs> he was having a bad day, I guess. Um, he was named president at age 25. He's got some philanthropy section on his Wikipedia page. Yeah, but all these fuckers do. I know. He's a collector of modern art. He serves on the board of the Love LACMA, Los Angeles County Museum of Art. He's a prominent Los Angeles Democrat. Hosted fundraising dinners for both Bill and Hillary Clinton. He is a friend and former mayor of Los Angeles. Or he's a friend of former mayor of Los Angeles, Antonio Villaregosa, and helped pay down the mayor's ethics fines. Yeah. Little Artie Moreno vibes to him. In 2022, he purchased a $350 for $350 million mega yacht. He was sued by his parents for looting Harbor Freight. That's tools. this is what I said, bro. Literally in but in sued both, by his parents who gave him away yeah. when he was nine. I know. Tough to upbringing. an orphanage. Mm-hmm. When he was nine, <laughs> I feel like we're <laughs> glossing over the fact that he was nine years old. This needs to be a <laughs> film. <laughs> like I don't necessarily know I, that I want him owning my team, but I do want to know more about him. There's so much drama. <laughs> Wikipedia cheekily says, not to be confused with Eric Schmidt, Eric Schmidt, or Eric Schmidt. <laughs> you just said the three straight, the same names over and over again. Spelled slightly differently for all of them. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Eric Smith is is off the list, but I'm why? I'm, what you think he just needs this? You think you could use a win in his life? I think it's fascinating. I think he's doing fine. I think he's doing just okay. You yeah. know, Harbor Freight is doing well. Yeah, my dad is there mm-hmm. a lot. Yeah, <laughs> he's a dem. He could be your woke king. He could. You know, keep the oh, keep the Oakland A's in the East Bay. Because of its rich cultural history. You know, Hillary Clinton would agree. <laughs> what? He is a fundraiser for her. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. You forget things too fast. That's You're focused right. on the... I, over, I, I, I don't even know what we've word. done for the last hour and a half. Overwhelmed. <laughs> okay, Eric Smith, goodbye. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll take Robert Smith off this list, too. Okay. You got to start knocking people off faster. Quick. Quick. Stevie, I'm out. Wait, Stevie did, looks like she needs to go out. Did we did, did we decide we're out on Dustin Moskovitz, right? Oh, wait, no, he's on the list. He's right. on the list. I'm out. Okay. Probably better to steer clear of Facebook. Mm-hmm. And yeah. And effective altruism. Yeah, exactly. What do we think? Balmer, Ellison? I feel like they're kind of they're cut from the same cloth. I personally like Balmer more. Okay. Because he sort of reminds me of the A's mascot. Stomper, <laughs> that's too real. Yeah. All right, Ellison's off the list. Okay, Balmer's good, staying on. Goodbye, Balmer's staying on. Uh, I feel like you have to choose between Mackenzie Scott and Lorraine Powell jobs. I I I kind of agree. You got to um, cut one of those. They're not. They can't make it the final. Kind of two ends of the spectrum because Lorraine Powell jobs is known as the least transparent philanthropist, and Mackenzie, Mackenzie Scott, Scott is, is the one no who's strings. just like no strings attached. Yeah. Mackenzie Scott's significantly richer than Lorraine Powell Jobs, if that's a tiebreaker for you. That's that is true. Yeah. By like what, like tenfold? Yeah. I'm I'm kind of leaning in Mackenzie. Okay. 
Lorene Powell Jobs is like nominally sort of a big D Democrat also, like believes in fucking values, liberal yeah. values, you know. Okay, we get it. Mars Family. I Mars Family feel like they would have owned a baseball team in like the 1930s, yeah, you I know. Agree. Like, and, and I say that as a point in their favor. Yeah, me too. So I, I'm kind of hesitant to strike them from the list. Okay. Where do they, where do they live again? Where, where are they based? <laughs> it's not important. It's okay. We'll move on. Uh, they're all over the map. <laughs> okay. Virginia, Wyoming, <laughs> California, Virginia, New York, and Pennsylvania. So they're everywhere. <laughs> they're uh, in this room right now. They're in the walls. <laughs> okay. Uh, that leaves Pritzker and Dagmar Dolby. Did, I- did we already strike Rick Cohen? No, he's in there still. All right. I want to strike Rick Cohen. R. I, I know he's R.I.P. Castellini. With I know money. he's a wholesale grocer guy, but he's also this town ain't ch- big enough the for the chairman both of, of us. an AI-enabled robotics company. <laughs> Is it uh, Boston Dynamics? No, I don't think so. Okay. Fuck. Symbiotic. Okay. You know the other one that we pay attention to. Right, exactly. Um, this town ain't big enough for the both of us. Castellini said. All right. There's we only got- one man who sells carrots in this league. And that is Bob. Yeah. He's got carrots and lettuce and mushrooms, porcini, the vegetable king, Bob Castellini. Okay, we're down to five. We're down to five. Uh, Dolby Pritzker, Mars, Mackenzie Scott, or Steve Ballmer. Mm hmm. I think Steve Ballmer is too obvious and boring of a choice to have spent this much time doing this. I agree. <laughs> He's out. He's also never going to be allowed to buy a baseball team. True. Neither are any of these people. But. Uh, n- no. I mean, I... Yeah. Final four. <laughs> who's next? Who's cutting? Who's getting cut next? I, f- I feel like Pritzker is more likely to buy the, the White Sox when Jerry Reinsdorf ultimately, like... Yeah, he doesn't really seem like the type of person who... He like is a very like Midwestern billionaire. He has huge Midwestern vibes. Yeah. Dolby da- Dolby Mars and Scott. Dagmar Dolby. The whole Mars family. Yep. Who are somehow coming in together. They're gonna be like the Polads who own yeah, the twins. Right, exactly. It's just gonna be like one of them will be the person who's the control person, but they're all putting in some cash into the pot. Yeah. The the Ricketts, you know? I'm the Ricketts of the West. In love with any of these ideas, to be honest. I I gotta say. We fucking crushed it. Mm-hmm. Dagmar Dolby. I'm sorry. Oh, wait, the, the Rickets of the West was really funny. I, just, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I got distracted. <laughs> How much is Dagmar Dolby worth? Uh, like, like five billion or something like that. That's enough, right? Yeah, that's enough. But once again, she was also yeah five billion. She was also a bit of an asterisk because she's 82. So we will be entrusting her kids to a certain extent. She looks kind of nice. But she does look nice, right? Yeah, she looks nice. I saw that and I was like, oh, I could see her owning my baseball team. Girl boss, too. I like, again, she's got the audio background. Like, She would come on the pod. She'd come on the pod. You know why? Because I've spent years doing free fucking marketing for Dolby. Yeah. I think she supported the Academy Foundation to fund the construction of the Academy Museum of Motion Pictures in Los Angeles. That's see that's based. I, I, I'm going to be honest. I think we could lose Mackenzie Scott. I was about to say. <laughs> I think Mackenzie Scott is out. It'd be funny if we were DQ'd all these people for being over eighty, and then we just chose, chose someone who's over eighty. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
So it's time to get down to brass tacks. It's Mars or Dolby. Two fucking name brands. Mm-hmm. True Blue. America first companies. Different sides of the same coin. You yeah. know? Titans of industry. Yeah. I'm just going to keep going. Remember when I explained what vamping was at the beginning of this podcast? I'm going to let for. you do it. What are two things that go together great? Cinema and candy. Uh, true. Think about how much free candy they would hand out at the Coliseum. The kids would go crazy for it. Or, conversely, think about how great the audio would sound. <laughs> In the A's new stadium. <laughs> you just have to pick, please, for the love of God, pick. I think. Are you trying to look into her kids? I'm. Oh, oh wait. Holy shit. An important thing I remembered. Okay. Remember 2018, the, the $20 million donation to the, for the Dolby Family Center for Mood Disorders? Yeah. Just wanted to bring that back up. <laughs> <laughs> that was it? Yeah. We, t- we, t- we, t- we talked about how Dagmar Dolby lives in San Francisco, right? Yes. Right. So she's got the local ties. The Mars family spread out over the, the, the country. But like, I am also kind of leaning towards the Mars family collectively worth like $100 billion. Yeah. Like each of them has like $20 billion. Right. Again. Naturally. I, sure. A lot of candy bars have sold a over the years. candy bars. Big Milky Way guy. Uh, Mars family, welcome to Oakland. Let's go. What else gives you such value? Mars. With all the goodness of milk, glucose, sugar, and thick, thick chocolate. Big bar enjoyment and big bar value. Weigh it up. A Mars a day helps you work rest and play. A fucking valiant effort from Dagmar Dolby, though. Five billion. She was just outclassed. She was. But honestly, coming in second, what an honor. What an honor. What an honor. She can buy an, expan- an expansion team. <laughs> Let's give it up for the Mars family, everybody. That is Jacqueline, John, Marichka, Pamela, f- Valerie, and Victoria. Yeah, the, the four Mars sisters. Girl bosses. Girl bosses on their way to the top of the league. Was this a good exercise? Did you have fun? You know, it was an exercise (laughs) that we got to the end of. If you enjoyed this and you enjoy more ridiculous content like this, you can find bonus content at tipping pitches. (laughs) (laughs) Bonus content at patreon.com slash tipping pitches. Alex is laughing because we, why would you ever need to listen to more of us after this? (laughs) If this wasn't enough for you. (laughs) There's more where that came from. Much like the Walton fortune, there's always more. Yep. Um, thank you everybody for listening. Uh, I had a lot of fun doing this. I hope that I was able to cut out enough time to make this close to two hours, not like two hours and 30 minutes, but, um, either way, I think we landed in the right spot. They brought us chocolate and then they're going to bring us world series rings next week on the pod on the, on the main feed. We are going to be taking a week off from doing normal episodes and we will be releasing unlocking, so to speak, an episode that we did for our Patreon. Uh, it was a watch along, the aforementioned watch along of the film Moneyball. Not sure if you've heard of it. Not sure if you've heard of the film Moneyball. Not sure if it's ever come up on this show. We did a watch along commentary track for that with none other than Blank Checks David Sims. That'll be on the feed next week. 
In two weeks' time, we'll be back with a normal, if you can call it that, episode of Saving Pitches. Thank you for listening. I'm Alex Rodriguez. Tipping pitches. Tipping pitches. This is the one that I love the most. Tipping pitches. So we'll see you next week. See ya. Woo! That's right, Stevie.